All right, so this is Rose Tinted Reels. My name is Zachary Duncan. What the heck is your name? I am Allison mm-hmm. Kraus. What? I'm sorry, you said what name? Kraus. Legally speaking, your name has now changed? Yes. Uh, over the weekend, I have obtained my marriage license. Oh, my God. This is such big news. We must celebrate. Oop, nope. <laughs> Let's try again. No, I don't want to laugh at you. Let's do this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate not being left at or stabbed. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, well, I mean, this is appropriate for the movie, but no, I kind of forgot which buttons did what. Sorry. (laughs) I like it better. The mystery. The suspense. So yeah, you're you're a you're a married person. This is amazing. Look, I've known you for so many years, and you have not been a married person. To all of a sudden, you're now a different name person. I know. I'm a Mrs. What the ew? That's so old-fashioned sounding. I know. I just just call me Allison. That works. All right. So, but Rockland is such a cool name. Are you leaving it behind? I'm leaving it behind. Um, you know, I one saying Rockland Krause, it's just a little too much to ask of anybody. Mm. Mm. And now, you know, Rockland Krause. it does sound so German, <laughs> it really does. but um, now I'm ABC, ABC, uh, that's Alice nice. and Beth Krause. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's rather sweet, isn't it? Yeah, I'm Zed. You're Zed. Zachary You're Ellis Zed Duncan. D. Yeah, she's fending off a cat. Well, I was we trying have cat to, incursions. I was trying to remove. She has a tuft of hair in her mouth. Um, I was trying to help her get it out before she ate it. And then I would have to clean up a hairball. Since she's on your side, I don't know if you feel brave enough to nope reach into the jaws of death. I, I would, but she has recoiled. Yep, that Good. darn cat. So uh, you know that's that's amazing. This is you heard it lot here on on the podcast. You became married. Yeah, I have been a wedding officiator. Yeah, of sorts. Yeah, kinda, kind of. Except you didn't officiate the nuptials or something. That's true, and it wasn't today. And it wasn't today. <laughs> yeah, but no. other than that, it, it made a lot of sense what I just said, dude. <laughs> except for everything, <laughs> it made perfect sense. Now it's uh, so one of the the things with uh, COVID nineteen, um, we had to delay our wedding and wedding ceremony, um, and so uh, we decided to go ahead and do this uh via mail which is how they're doing civil services right now it's all via mail isn't that how trump got married mail order (laughs) yeah but i didn't import my my husband no No. all right well fair enough yeah anyway but uh so i guess that is one of the the big new and late breaking things in in my life well let me be the the first person on this podcast to congratulate you why thank you Mm -hmm. yes I did tell the family via text last night and my, my bridesmaids, mm-hmm. but uh, I wanted to tell you in person. Actually, oh, uh, pause real quick. Hello. Hi. Um, so I instead of hitting play again, I stopped it. <laughs> and so now I've, I've hit play again. It's, we're all right. We're okay. We don't need to mention it. We can. Let's just move smoothly past this moment okay. as if nothing happened. So I would like to offer a warning to our listeners. Oh. Yes. It is upon us the spooky season. Mm. This is Hall- Halloween Eve or uh, October Eve. What are people saying these days? The Halloween season. Just I, I'm just calling it. Ultimate. Yeah, I know. Like Christmas started taking over the calendar. Like it encroached into November and, and such. I feel like 
Halloween should do the same, right? I think it should. I think it should expand after October as well. Mm-hmm. It should go Just into like November, mi- mid November. No, yeah. no, all of November. I think it doesn't stop being Halloween until December first. I'm here for it. Yeah, maybe I'm- even December fifteenth, if I'm honest. So, with that being said, we are entering into our spooky Ooh. films. There you go. Look at that. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So today's film, it is spooky. Um, I tried to make that clear uh, on the last one, but um, I also would like to to state this is a foreign film. So we are going to do the best we can to describe what's happening, recognizing that some of our listeners do not speak Korean. Some of them. Some of them. Well, we don't know. I do. Oh, you have a pretty good idea. <laughs> At least right now, our viewership is very narrow. I'm so like my friend Young Hae. If she watches, she's from Korea. She would probably understand. Oh, fair enough. Has she listened? Not that I'm aware. Of. <laughs> so perhaps in the future she'll understand this. Yes, okay. if she decides to listen. Um, but so it's one of those things where um, we are going to do our best to try to describe what's going on. We recognize the limitations, so to speak, of our podcast because you can't read the subtitle. So we're going to have to do our best to interpret what's happening so you get a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah, this is something of an experiment. I don't know any other podcast, not because I've done any research. So I, I just don't know any other podcast that uh, does movies and such. I haven't listened to them, but I don't think any of them have tackled a subtitled movie yet. So we're breaking new ground possibly, but again, I haven't done any amount of research. I don't actually know if what I just said is true. Yeah. It's going to be like if I ever have to assign a um, silent film, like a good Charlie Chaplin film or something. Oh man. That, that may require some, uh, is that in the cards for us? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, I don't think you've seen a Charlie Chaplin film uh-uh. and there's some beautiful ones. Be- like Beautiful. They touch your heart. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Is oh, is Charlie Chaplin the dude who uh, has like, the the mustache? Well, that's Groucho Marx. <laughs> well. So, but uh, yeah, he also has an mustache. <laughs> uh, but uh, but he, was he the one that did a skit where like the barn, the front of the barn, fell down and he was like in the center of it, and he went through a window or a doorway or something. So uh, I think he did one like that. But Buster Keaton was also known for doing those. Uh, um, okay. Buster Keaton had a very brilliant math mind. Um, so while uh, Charlie Chaplin is very known for like Pratt fallings and physical comedy, Buster Keaton actually knew what to do to make kind of impossible saves. So um, the one you're speaking of reminds reminded me of a Buster Keaton, not a Charlie Chaplin, but uh, now I want to look into it because mm. I'm trying to remember. Well, that's some homework for you. It's also in Psych. They did it in Psych. Oh. I'm not saying they did it first. That's I'll leave that up to the audience to determine. But um, they time traveled, did it, and then came back. <laughs> exactly with color film. Exactly, it's marvelous. marvelous. Uh, anywho, so do you have any other? Uh, uh, how you been? How's your families? Um, that's a pre- that's pretty big news. I don't have any such news. <laughs> <laughs> my dogs are my dogs doing all right. My cats are okay. Uh, they're not all right. They're they're fine. They're they're fine. They're, they're cats. You know they're alive. Yeah. Um, I think they're happy. I discovered recently today at my local Ace Hardware store um, that they have a cat that just gets to hang out. Um, and it today I found it lying on the bags of coal. 
um, for charcoal for grilling. Mm-hmm. Was Michael Caine we- standing behind uh, saying that he, his books didn't include enough diversity? No. <laughs> No, no, okay. no such luck. <laughs> You're only going to understand that reference if you watched our last episode of Schluth. <laughs> <laughs> but trust me, that was really clever. Uh, you it, should it give was. me credit. For, it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, hang uh, on. Now wait, we've we got another incursion. Cat that has returned. So that, that was just exciting. Uh, Mark and I tonight are going to break in what we discussed on our last podcast that we got a new grill from my sister, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Um, and so we're going to take it on its pilot drive tonight and make a flank steak. I'm really excited. Oh, you yeah. surprised me with that news when I walked in the door. Yeah. I'm already salivating. Oh, yeah. it's going to be good. It's going to be full of garlic and mm. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire? Yeah, you say it right. <laughs> I think it's actually... Worcestershire? Yeah, Worcestershire, something like that. Yeah. But it's spelled Worcestershire. I mean, just get... The British need to go away. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Worcestershire, but pronounce to... it Worcestershire. Oh, it's like that uh, Welsh town that is like 42. L's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how they spell. It ends in go, go, go. Like that's the... Oh my God, yeah. I actually watched a video of a real Welshman saying that properly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's Good got it's got like 27 <laughs> syllables. I can't, I can't hang with that. No, it's practically its own alphabet. <laughs> I, I saw it was uh, the guy's pilot uh weather broadcasting and they challenged him to to use that in his weather broadcast and he did it <laughs> stunningly yeah. it was perfect good good on him i'm happy for him all right um so i do have other big news oh god I, my heart my little heart can't take it what is it we have a five-star review <laughs> oh my heart <laughs> go on so um on the itunes um we have a review from Miss Taco Bell Queen. Yes, Queen. Um, and uh, the headline is comical and endearing. Aww. Zach and Allison are eloquent and excellent, which uh, the podcast provided much needed comical relief in these trying times. I love reliving these classic movies through their podcast with a different perspective coming from Zach. All right. So we've kind of skipped ahead a little bit. We've gone into the uh, the listener comments and reviews. Um, it's kind of like news. <laughs> so, uh, so this was a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Yes. So just to give everybody, uh, I'm going to say this every podcast, if you leave us a five-star review on, I, on uh, Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. We will give you a shout-out if you want it. You can mention it if you don't want your name mentioned. But we'll say whatever you write, no matter how negative it is. Unless Not that I'm encouraging it to be negative, mind you, but just I, I feel like if you have negative thoughts, that's the best outlet for you to let us know. But I will say, again, a stipulation, if you are specifically using uh, derogatory language or hate speech, we're not going to just... <laughs> How often do you think they're going to be using hate speech in a podcast review? <laughs> I just have no faith in humanity. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, yeah. so find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Rose Tinted Reels or Reddit r slash Rose Tinted Reels. Indubitably. And we'll read the most interesting of your comments on here. If something really strikes our fancy, we'll read it on here. And again, you can you can mention it if you don't want us to give you a shout out by name, but uh, we will otherwise. Um, so that's that's a way to get in communication. We'll have a little bit of feedback within the podcast with our community. And uh, But again, if you absolutely want us to read your thoughts, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. But going backwards a little bit, I have... Backwards. Uh, 
I just you can never go backwards. I wanted. To, yeah, we're going back to Act One. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just <laughs> wanted to mention that I saw Mulan. The new one. Yep. 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 I wasn't willing to drop the money on it. No, Cash nor was up. I. But my mommy did. Oh. My mommy dropped the money, and I watched on her account. So I'm I'm torn about this movie just because of some of the like the the lead actress getting in in trouble for making supportive comments um, against the the police that were brutalizing student protests and things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was pro Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So it's I uh, I love the Mulan story. I love the animated tale. Um, I am nervous about this one, and I've heard mixed reviews, so I'm curious to hear what you think. So I think people's reviews have been colored by their distaste for the main actress and her positions and stances on things, and also Disney's stance of uh, thanking China for allowing them to film in an area where there were concentration camps, Mm. uh, like uh, rehabilitating, quote-unquote, people. Yes, that that's uh, something I learned about recently. Thank you to um, John Oliver. Right. So uh, anyway, so I think that the the people's reviews of the movie have been kind of colored by these things. So I went in there. Uh, I don't really. I wasn't Just really watch a movie. Yeah, and I have to say I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, it wasn't great. It wasn't as good as the original. They took out all the musical parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really loved all the original music, uh, but you could still hear kind of a little bit of the same score underpinning moments of the movie, which was kind of nice, but nobody sang and it was a different story. So they had different characters that were in it and things happened slightly differently, but the broad strokes were the same and I thought it was nice. I mean, it was again, wasn't, you know, earth shattering or anything like that, but it was, what about the gentleman strokes? Uh, were there any gentleman strokes? Well, I was just broad. It was a bad joke. Well, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would think it, but I won't say anything. Well, that's because podcasting is a lot of yes anding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, did it have kind of a House of Flying Daggers um, or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon kind of feel? Like I, I kind of got a sense that it was that. More theatrical fighting. Look, I don't think it should come as any surprise to listeners of this podcast. You've seen either? I haven't seen those movies. But I have seen a small, I think it was Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger, where the the fellas <laughs> where the fellas were uh, balancing on gigantic leaves yes. on a tree. So I saw that part of it, mm-hmm. but nothing else. So something that and, I... And in that respect, no, it is not similar. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm just based on what I saw on the slow-mo reel of the uh, the fight scenes. But um, I honestly think that those are films you would enjoy. Maybe we will have to visit at a time of our podcast. They mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. a bit lengthy, um, but they are just beautiful. I mean, I've watched just other beautiful. martial arts movies that are artsy, and I've liked those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm down for watching that. But, no, as far as the combat in Mulan, it wasn't. It, they didn't go very artsy and stylized with it. That in particular, there were other things that were very Disneyfied, so it was very kind of magical and elevated feeling. But, and I'm sure that they did a lot to kind of make it clean combat versus, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, blood kind of scary combat. Was there an evil hawk? Uh, the, do you want me to spoil it for you? Well, it's not really a spoil. Well, it 
Kind of, well, it is kind of a little bit. Oh, okay. Then no. Okay, so you are going to see this at some point. At some point, not when I have to pay $30 for it. Yeah, and that's understandable. Um, so the answer to your question is yes. Okay. So I'm going to spoil it for you, but it's different. The it's, hawk, not, it's not what I think. The hawk is a person. Oh, is it the witch? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Spoiled. Hmm. Does she actually turn? No, no, don't answer. I'm going to just ponder it until I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I could answer. Do you want the answers? No. Come on, look me in the eye and tell me you don't want the answers. I don't want the answers. Oh, God, we've got a cat incursion. And I didn't even look. You gotta. That's how serious I am. You, you must protect the equipment. I will. But don't spoil. This is really difficult. I want to blink so bad. All right. Nope. Nope. We're going. We're blinking. Con- oh, ho, ho! the cat was on my side. She helped you blink. So, um. <laughs> All of a sudden you have sad voice. So remember when I told everyone to get a flu shot? Mm-hmm. They can make you a little tender. And I just got my flu shot. <laughs> just, I need to get mine. I haven't gotten mine yet. So the cat just ricocheted off of my arm mm. where I got the flu shot. The important part of this, though, is that I won the staring competition. Yeah, I, that's not fair. What, fair or not, the cat was here. She could have leaped on me. She wanted to leap on you. the familiar person and <laughs> ruin all of her notes. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of uh, flu shots, I don't have insurance, so, so I'm unable to do that without shelling out a million dollars. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think that they encourage most people to get flu shots. So I think through good RX, you could get a discount. Like if I go to CVS or something like that, are they going to give me a flu shot? I think if you use GoodRx, you I, let me look into it for you. Um, I just know a lot of places. Because they encourage so many people to get their flu shot, mm-hmm. um, they will make concessions and ways to help you. Um, otherwise, I think it is $40. I might just perform a heist. A flu shot heist? Yeah. That's a terrible some, idea. Steal some flu shot. Don't, don't steal. I should. Actually, I could be the modern day Robin Hood. Seriously. Steal Go, vaccines from the rich. Yeah, steal vaccines from the, you know, big pharma and just deal them out on the on the street corner. I could be a real drug dealer, but a good one. <laughs> like the most moral drug dealer in the world. Well, I I would start with um, like diabetic medications um, because those yeah, are... Yeah, but that doesn't really affect me, so I don't care as much. And you're so, not really a Robin Hood. Well, I'm a Robin Hood about things that I care about. <laughs> Free self-serving. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> oh, you don't think he was a little bit self-serving? He stole from the rich and padded his own pockets a little bit. Eh, they don't talk ever about left that it. in the story. Yeah, it's implied. Anyway. At least that's what I inferred from the story. Well, he lives in a mansion. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he it. had to skim a little off the top to, you know, fund his little Sherwood forest, but. Yit to do, dit to do, dit do, do. Yit to do, dap, do, dap, do. Yip a do, dap, do, da, li, dap, bo. Lap, boop, ba, de, do. All right, we're going to get sued by Disney. Let's stop now. So, Zach, what happened in 2003? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked me that. So, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King released. I have that in my notes too. <laughs> and that's the uh, best thing that happened in 2003. So um, that is also the year that Robert Downey Jr. decided to get clean thanks to Burger King. 
What? Yes. So Robert Downey Jr. thanked Burger King for getting him off drugs. In 2003, with a car full of drugs, he had a burger that was so disgusting, it made him rethink his life and dump the drugs into the ocean. <laughs> so Burger King has publicly associated themselves with this moment in I his life? I don't think that they did, but that didn't stop RDJ from... <laughs> well, I kind of like that. That's rather sweet. It's sweet, but it's like a backhanded compliment. Your food is so gross. I got me on the right track in my life. Yeah. So thanks, the king. That's that's nice. I wonder if, because I think that uh, Burger King and McDonald's have kind of gone through different evolutions mm -hmm. and like occasionally be like, oh no, now we're serving real meat. <laughs> and not, maybe that was one of those moments. Not dead meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that was one of those moments they were like, all right, we got our DJ on the right path. Our job is done. Mm -hmm. We can start ser serving real food now. <laughs> maybe that's how it was. Maybe. I'd like to believe that that was the case. Wait a minute. In Iron Man, he gets a fast food burger. Do we know where that came from? Yeah, he was in the donut. And I think the donut is like, what? I don't know what the name of that oh, place no. was. Oh, no. When he first gets back from um, the being rescued from the camp after installing his own iron man suit oh. he's like i need a burger and i need to do a press release that's a good question i don't know and it would be hilarious if really good burger reference king. if it was burger king that would be awesome so we'll look that up the next before the next podcast yes that'll be on our notes to 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 reveal on the next rose garden address which we've decided is our act one. That's the name yes. of our act one. Yes, we're doing our, our rose garden address to you fine people. By the way, you were attempting to Photoshop my head on uh, Trump's body. How, no. How's that process gone? So I didn't want to Photoshop your head on Trump's body because that seems cruel. Um, to which, I was to which one of us? To you. Oh, okay. Thank you. you. You are a young man. You do not have a Trump body. Thank you. <laughs> It's very kind of you. He looked down at his own bazooms. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. You just said that I have bazooms. I must not be in that great a shape. Pectorals. Thank you. That yeah. sounds better. That's more manly. That's got more dignity in it for me. His chesticles. Well, um, that's that's going the wrong way again. Um, Try again. Yeah, I only know pectorals. Pectorals. So, that works. Yeah. I, let's stick with that. His man chest. Um, <clears throat> so he was looking down it, so it just flowed out. What I said. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, so 2003, that was also when I graduated high school. Um, with uh, what grade point average? I'm putting you on blast right now. I think it was a 3.5. That's respectable. Yeah, I my graduating year, I, I happened to have the best grade point average out of all the other years I was in high school. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say of anybody else in the school. I'm like, God damn, you didn't have any people that were no, really no, trying? No, there was a lot of very smart people in my my. Uh, school. So um, they had like a 4.2 and stuff like that. Yeah. The ones that were in all the AP classes and all that. So like, I think the smartest person in my grade was a girl named Lauren Nelson. Um, That's a good 80s sounding name. Uh, she's, she's brilliant. She's smart. Um, believe she became a doctor. She originally had wanted to become an Egyptologist, but I think switched. So the, the lady that I've been talking to on eHarmony is she's wants to go to school for Egyptology as well. And our, my cousin, uh, Mr. Bartlett, mm -hmm. um, one of his 20 degrees is in Egyptology. I know. I, I've revealed that. I, he was part of my small talk with this lady. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I, I'm, I'm utilizing people and their stories to better myself and my personal life. 
Well, I if hope nothing that's else, not it shows that you have friends. <laughs> I'm not a lonely little son of a gun. Uh, she won't know the truth until later, till it's too late. Yep. What truth? That I'm a lonely son of a gun. <laughs> well, they, they say that you don't want to be lonely enough for the stink of loneliness to affect you. That's a real thing. People who are um, alone or unhappy for a certain amount of time, apparently they give off like um, almost a uh, pheromone. Like an actual physical thing that comes, radiates off of them? Yeah, it, it's like uh, you, you stink of loneliness is a true thing. <laughs> Oh, see, I thought it would be like a psychological thing. Like you just behave in such a way and you hold yourself in such a way that you seem super lonely. Maybe it's both. But yeah, if it's a physical thing, that's... I mean, and there's junk science to back anything you want to prove, so... Sure. Like I said (laughs) in the previous podcast about flu shots, direct correlation 100% of the time (sighs) to the autism. (laughs) No. No, it's not true. That That's not even about flu shots. That's about <laughs> other vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all disgusting and stupid. So, yeah. Oh. By, by the way, if you're a viewer of ours or a listener and you believe that uh, vaccines give you autism, they don't. And maybe, maybe this isn't the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this isn't, you know, strictly speaking, a skeptical or, you know, scientific podcast. So we're taking all comers here. Yeah. Except for people who deny, you know, vaccines because that's just silly. We yeah. don't need your kind. <laughs> Part of me is like, well, you know, eventually down the road, it'll, the problem will take care of itself. Well, no, because if they're not taking vaccine, it affects everybody. Oh, yeah. No, and, and that's that's one of the big reasons I'm really encouraging the, the flu shot is because yeah. um, it the, the risks are very minimal. Now, I will say that there are some, if you are allergic to eggs, you should not. I'm sorry, what? Eggs, like eggs, the things that come out of chicken butts. Oh, eggs. Yeah. Yeah. He mocks how I talk. (laughs) I think that's the only word, though. Is there another one? No. Eggs. Uh, The other word for radioactive. Uh, Nuclear. Yeah. You don't. I I won't say it in front of you because I become self-conscious specifically saying that word. You say I say it like W. W. Because he (laughs) says nuclear. That's not how it's spelled. <laughs> I'm aware, and I thought I was saying it right, and now I'm paranoid. <laughs> and it took me a really long time to say onion correctly. Oh, really? I used to put a G in there. Ungian. Ungian? <laughs> <laughs> That's an odd one. The, the, my pet peeve is when people say envelope. Envelope? It's envelope. It starts with an E. Are you a pecan or a pecan? I don't know. That that seems to be a, that's, that's a personal choice i, I think the the, evi- the the spelling supports either pronunciation caramel or caramel uh is there an e in there i think there's an e in there right caramel so i guess caramel is correct okay we could do this all day sure i'm down <laughs> this is my wheelhouse i love it so what else in 2003 um uh, well, nothing could top Lord of the Rings Return of the King releasing, but uh, I'm going to try. The good news uh, also, uh, John Ritter and uh, Johnny Cash died. Oh, that's not good news. Whoa. Oh, damn it. See, I got dark. I got dark. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do it. This is actually really sad. John Ritter was a funny guy and so was Johnny Cash. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Just, Johnny Cash's music is beautiful. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. He had a very unique voice and... Uh, by the I, way, I Joaquin Phoenix did him did him proper in his movie. I never actually watched that one. See, this is what I'm saying. The new good movies I've got. 
Speaking of new good movies, um, that was when the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie released. It was, was in it? 2003. It was the same year that Return of the King? Yeah. It was a big oh my year goodness. for nerd movies. That blew me away when I saw that in the theater. Like the score and everything. Oh, so Seriously. Good. It made me shiver. Like I was just a little young dweeby dork man. Um, I don't know young how old. dweeby dork. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. I ate that movie up. I loved oh, that so movie good. so much. And uh, Finding Nemo also came out that year. I still quote from, I'm still on Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, sorry. I, I, still, <laughs> I still quote Pirates of the Caribbean constantly. And almost nobody knows what I'm talking about. Well, I I probably follow most of the quotes from there, but yeah, um, you probably do. But I'm also a nerd. Uh, <laughs> You're a dweeby dork man. I'm a dweeby dork man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it that was a very good year for cinema. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, yeah. And Blockbustery cinema. Cinema. I suppose. Also, the top song was <clears throat> "Hey Ya" by hey Outkast. That was. Uh, let's. We're gonna cut that out because no, no. I didn't. I didn't no, no, really that do that beautiful. as well as I wanted to. You think you got it? <laughs> I'm really glad we've got this soundboard. <laughs> I could just. I'm really glad we have it when you don't hit the right one. <laughs> well, but see, I'm gonna learn. Eventually, I'm gonna get the right one each time. We're gonna have to make a little label. Oh, it actually came with labels. I can do that. This is supposed to be crickets. It just sounds like a, a squeaky wheel. A squeaky wheel. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's enough. Uh, what are we doing? Oh yeah, we're on. Uh, <laughs> what was so great about that year? Okay, so I had the death of two great men, and you had uh, oh Pirates right. of the Caribbean, yeah, and is. Little Nemo, mm-hmm. Finding Nemo. Well, yes, Little ha- Nemo is different than Finding Nemo. Oh, that's right, you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great uh-huh. movie. It made me really want a flying squirrel. Um, I used to be oh the flying squirrel Icarus. Yeah. Icarus. Yeah. <sighs> that movie used to creep me out something fierce. Banana pajama pajama. <laughs> <laughs> such a weird thing to scream <laughs> that's part of the movie guys. Not, yeah, if you haven't seen she hasn't just like... had an aneurysm <laughs> and started screaming weird things <laughs> no it all makes sense it's in the movie well, i don't know if it makes sense even in the movie does it i guess he draws power from his pajamas and bananas and bananas it's potassium and bananas it's potassium exactly maybe potassium is like the source of magic in in that reality not Santa Claus, who is the king of Slumberland. Oh, I need to rewatch that movie, actually. I own it if you need to borrow it. I wish I hadn't seen it so that we could do it for this podcast. Ooh, perhaps one of our friends would like to volunteer as tribute. Does this, does, do you think that would qualify as a spooky movie? No. Okay. I think it's more whimsical. That might be a good thing for the Christmas time, winter season. More whimsical films. Oh, okay. All right. Because that's the... Sorry, I had to stifle a burp. <laughs> he had a seizure. It was terrifying. Okay, um, so I I just had a funny quote that came out of that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Simpson had her newlyweds reality TV show, and she was uh, quoted saying this: um, "Where do buffalo wings come from? The Chickens buffalo. or buffalo?" Right. Was she being serious? Yeah. Hmm. Well, why were chickens on her mind? So this is, I think, coming from either the same conversation or a conversation she had before where she didn't understand if the tuna fish was chicken because it's, they called it chicken of the sea. So she's like, I know, I know we're eating tuna, but it's tuna chicken. Yeah. And you just saw Nick Lachey like, what did I marry? Who's Nick Lachey? Uh, He was a singer from 98 Degrees. What the heck is that? A boy band. Oh, 98 Degrees? Mm Mm-hmm. 
How did I miss that? What what because era? Because they, they were never in sync or Backstreet Boys. True, but I also listened to back in my you know my child days. Uh huh. Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Well, she dated uh, an in sync fella. Which one? Do they do any of the other ones have names or is it just? Uh, well, there's uh, JC, there's Justin Timberlake, there's yeah. Lance Bass, and then there's the other two. Lance Bass. I feel like I've heard Lance Bass. Does he have a wide face? Yeah, a very deep voice, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Lance Bass, I think, has done stuff recently, like on TV. Mm. Uh, Joey Fatone, he's one of them. Fatone. He sounds like he should be in the mafia. I think he's Greek. Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone's Greek, I believe. Is it? Yeah, and then there's the last one that I can never remember the name of. Man, I, that's going to be the one that decides to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really insulting. Of course, of course. No, they're all going to listen to us, obviously. Yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, I don't know those people, the 98 Degrees people. Mm-hmm. They sound terrific, I'm sure. I mean, of the boy bands, they were up against the Giants of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. and So, just, they were like not late 90s? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Because okay. I think that Blink-182 made fun of one of the 98 Degrees music videos once. I can buy that. Yeah. By the way, I, I got some behind-the-scenes information on one of the Blink-182 uh, music videos where they're running naked through the streets. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so they had sensor bars over their, their uh, more intimate areas. Yeah. Uh, but they were actually wearing Speedos mm-hmm. uh, while they were running, so they weren't totally naked. Um, and, and that's all I have you on that one but no they they didn't ask permission to run around as such so they got a lot of funny stares i'm sure they did mm-hmm. i was just waiting for the microphone to pop off your your thing again because oh, no. it looks a little low well if you look over here look at this this is a little bit crooked this this screw mm-hmm. and i'm not really sure why so it may pop off again I don't know. Mm-hmm. so are we ready to slide into act four or do you have more 2003 trivia oh yeah yeah no i've got some more good news <clears throat> so the uh, now is it actual good news because i don't trust you after your last good news <laughs> well yeah so also in 2003 the u.s space shuttle columbia crashed that's not good news oh dang it man i, I messed up again <laughs> uh so there's that and <laughs> the con the con uh, excuse me <clears throat> i can say words the concord made its last commercial flight landing at Heathrow Airport in London. Oh. So pour some out for uh, the Concorde, which is a great uh, aeroplane. Which is the, the clappy hand one. I think it's that one right there. So is go ahead. that one or the yellow? No, I think it's this one. That one's... Oh, this is laughter. <laughs> Dang it. So that one's clapping. Try that one. And I thought so. Well, you don't know anything. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I knew a thing. <laughs> he made me doubt. <laughs> How dare! Well, hey, man, for all for all time, you have been recorded as being right. So that must feel pretty good. It it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's continue on. That's all of the stuff I had for two thousand three. Not a whole lot went on. Some good movies. I, I feel like the news wasn't as exciting as some of our past film. Well, years. can I tell you why? Please. Okay. I so was well, I wanted to permission. So it's because it was two thousand three. This movie was too modern for this podcast. I didn't know what year it was until I later looked it up. Oh. It was too modern. So no interesting people could have been born on that year. No, it's true. So that's that's probably why. Only good people died on this year. Mm. Only the good die young. Yeah. Ritter did definitely did die young. How old was Cash? Oh, um, I feel like that, you that was your factoid, so I didn't know. <laughs> well, I just thought you might know offhand. 
71 years old. 70, oh, okay. So that's much older than I thought he was. Yeah, no, because he was not a young man when he was recording music. Well, he started a bit late um, and certainly got fame later. Mm-hmm. The next thing is just analyzing the movie, right? Well, uh, we also wanted to do the movie trivia inside the movie before mm-hmm. we do our movie. Oh, analysis. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm way off. Go ahead. <laughs> So um, this movie uh, is actually uh, based on a fairy tale. Um, it's a dark fairy tale from Korean culture. Um, please forgive my pronunciation. I do not speak Korean, um, and I'm not sure if I'm saying these things correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, say it in the most American way possible. I feel like that's how I say everything. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, the dark fairy tale, uh, Jingwa, um, Hungryeon, Jion, uh, literally the story of Jingwa and Hungryeon. Um, it is a Joseon era Korean folktale. I feel like just for simplicity, because every time I'm going to reference one of their names, I probably have to read it. So let's just say older sister, younger sister, dad, stepmom, mom. I kind of wrote my notes that way. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the original fairy tale, the daughters are framed by the stepmother and stepbrothers, and their lives become forfeit. Uh, so the, the stepmother resented the two daughters named Red Rose and Red Lotus, mm-hmm. and she uh, is set from the, the husband commands, I want you to arrange the marriage for my daughter. So she has her eldest son skin a rat and put it in her bed. So it looked like she had a miscarriage, which because the daughter had not yet been wed would mean that she was not pure. What was the size of this rat? I I don't know. Could be, you know, baby rat could be field rat. But the daughter fled the house fearing repercussions and was chased into a river and drowned. Her sister, so upset about this, joined her sister in death and their house became haunted. It was only when a brave young mayor, 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 sorry, <laughs> uh, came to the house. Uh, he asked the, the girls what happened, and she pleaded with him to examine the rat. And doing that, they were able to punish the, the stepmom and stepbrother. I read a bit of the original uh, folktale, mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting that there in the original were three uh, sons by the stepmother. Yes, uh, that's how she got more favor with the husband. Right. And that makes sense. I, I like that as a, as a piece of the story. And it's weird that they didn't have that as part of this movie. Well, what's uh, also interesting, this is not the first time this fairy tale has been turned into a film adaptation. Yeah. Um, it's been done several times before in Korea, but this is the first one to do its own unique spin on it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I'd read that this was not based on any of the other movies. It wasn't trying to do the same sort of story. Mm-hmm. But I thought that it was going to be going to a more authentic place, referencing the original mythology or folktale. Um, but it seems like, yeah, they just went in their own direction to make it more horror-y. Horror and um, I'll say a little bit more modern. Well, I haven't seen the other ones, so I don't know. Oh, oh I just meant the the storytelling. Like, it wasn't said in the past and it didn't reference... Um, infidelity of the daughters or forced marriage or Mm, anything mm. like that. But um, I will say that um, this movie is um, both the highest grossing Korean horror film. 
um, and is the first to be screened in an American theater. Um, it had a limited release starting December 3rd of 2004 and grossed $72,541. That is very t- That's one of the two uh, trivias that I had. Oh, I'm sorry. That's quite all right. You, you go I didn't find a lot of interesting trivia for this. Oh, I found a couple of things, but, but please go on. So the next thing I had was, I actually don't know if I want to read this one because it contains in it some of my opinion on the movie. And I don't know if I should reveal that yet. Okay. Um, well, well, here, I'll, I'll give you... Yeah, I'll, I'll read it and I'll just try to not editorialize it all. <clears throat> so, uh, the original script had, oh my goodness, the father, uh, installing the security camera, installing security cameras all throughout the house. And it was recommended by the doctors so that he could monitor the older sister's behavior when she, when he was, uh, not home. Mm -hmm. And the doctors at the mental hospital would be reviewing the footage and see that, uh, the older sister was constantly talking to herself and, uh, revealing that the other two ladies weren't there. Which and that was that was later written out of the script because the director uh, thought it took away some of the mystery. Which I I like I like that they got rid of that. Okay. Um, but we can get into that. I refuse to reveal how I feel about that. Very well. Um, it won the two thousand um, three Scream Fest Horror Film Festival um, for Best Picture and Best Actress. Um, from um, the the eldest sister. Mm-hmm. It also, in the 2003 Korean Film Awards, won Best New Actress for the Eldest Sister, Best Art Direction um, by Park Hee-young, um, Best Sound by Choi Tae-young, which I, I will say that one of my favorite things is the waltz from that movie, the the intro and outro music, the, the kind of waltz-sounding music. Oh, okay. I can't really picture it right now. Uh, well, well, when we start playing it later, I'll, I'll comment. Yeah. Um, there was an American remake of this movie um, called The Uninvited. It was not good. Oh, I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. It's It lacked every bit of thing. It, so it tried to use the same story, changed it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but took away everything that I liked from the original. And What was that? Just... What what did I like about the original? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the contrasting bits that you, you found lacking in the new. So the new one, it, it made it an American horror where they kind of spoon-fed you a lot of information. Mm. They didn't leave you to think for yourself. Mm. Um, I don't like when movies do that. And there's a lot of time in the Korean film where there's no dialogue, there's just sound and reactions, um, mm. and just kind of that really beautiful aesthetic of the house like that house man that house was unsettling before you walked into the door i have to say um i i was curious about the house because it didn't seem i've never been to korea Mm -hmm. it seemed like an american sort of house seemed very western except for certain walls that had seemingly asian influence Mm -hmm. on the decor and the wallpapers yeah things like that there was something off about the wallpapers to me like yeah that, like they, i have to say i loved bits of the house though really wide hallways cool lamps in the halls and stuff like floors. that really nice floors really yeah. nice floors yeah and um the pier <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah but they really had a nice property there yeah so uh the two lead characters are sumi and su yun um and those still mean rose and lotus which are a nod to the original um, the actress, uh, that played the stepmother and the eldest daughter actually became very good friends during the filming of this. Aw. Yeah. And all of the, the, 
four main characters have had very good TV and movie careers in Korea after this film. Hmm. So I guess none of them went outside of Korea to do like Hollywood movies. I was wondering with the success of this particular one, if Hollywood would have come knocking. I didn't see any, um, but I didn't recognize any major names on any of them. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a big film industry in Korea. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they may not have had to have gone too far for success. Although I wonder, it'd be an interesting thing. I bet we could easily get this on Wikipedia or something like that. But the relative uh, size of each country's film industry, Mm -hmm. because I know Bollywood is bigger than uh, Hollywood. Oh, that's a huge industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's odd because our movies go everywhere. Uh, Hollywood movies go everywhere in the world and are translated into other languages, dubbed, subbed, whatever, and just whatever. But Bollywood movies don't usually make it to the West. And the fact that their industry is bigger than ours mm-hmm. is just interesting to me. Well, it's, you have to look at the consumer. The average consumer in America, would they buy into a Bollywood film? Now, there's ones that I've seen that are beautiful, but I don't typically seek out Bollywood films. It's not that no, I'm nor against do I. them, but the, I... Oh, I'm I, against them. No, you're not. Back to Russia. <laughs> Speaking of Russia, there's that's another film industry where we don't get a lot of... Um, By the way, that, that was an Eddie Izzard quote. I wasn't being racist. racist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, anytime you think one of us are saying something off color, most likely it's an Eddie Izzard quote. He's not racist. He's also mocking racist. <laughs> I feel like it should be said. Anyway, sorry, you were saying something about Russia? Oh, uh, there's a really good Russian horror film that I really like called mm. uh, The Night Watch. Um, and that was one of the first Russian films that I had seen brought to uh, an American. I don't uh, think I've ever seen a Russian movie even advertised to me. Huh. That's a, a, do the, I, I didn't even know they, I didn't even consider that they might have had a film industry over there. Well, of course. <laughs> well. Yeah. And like, um, there's some really good French films that we most likely wouldn't have heard from here otherwise. Yeah, but they're so, they're so derivative of American films. No, have you ever seen The Hate uh, Line? Oh, I just thought that that would stick in the craw of all uh, French. Our, our French <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, and anybody who appreciates French film, and they were probably, you know, yeah, pioneers the, in so many ways. La Belle La Bette? Uh, yes. By the way, I also rewatched that recently. Oh, oh I mentioned, I, I wanted to also say that I saw the live, quote-unquote, live-action uh, Lion King. Oh, okay. And... I was not... I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I can't watch Mufasa die in the original Lion King. I can't imagine what it'd be like for me in this. So I, I really liked the actor that played Scar. You know, he's he doesn't have the same kind of iconic voice that uh, Jeremy Irons has. Mm-hmm. So there was something lost, especially with the songs, uh, with the new guy playing Scar. But I really liked his acting and some of the more dramatic moments when he was killing Mufasa and when he squared off against uh, Simba at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. thought he did a really good job. But for the most part... It felt kind of lifeless, that movie. So how did John Oliver compare to Rowan Atkins? Uh, was it Rowan Atkins in the original? Mm-hmm. I didn't know As that. Zazu. Yeah. I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but I actually, I liked him. I thought he was funny. Yeah. I, I giggled. But I may, that may have only been funny in a meta way, because I know who he is. And he's bring, he even made a joke about bringing the news. <laughs> Which I it made me giggle, but it may have only been an in joke, so I don't know if it's exported to a wider audience. Well, mm. but uh, yeah, kids, I thought kids won't know what last night, uh, <laughs> last, last week tonight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. It just felt kind of lifeless. But the Beauty and the Beast remake, 
loved it. <sighs> so, which was the, how I got on that train of thought because you mentioned the French version. Yeah, the the beautiful, beautiful original French version. But uh, so I I had my problems with Beauty and the Beast, but that has nothing to do with a tale of two sisters. Screw that movie. So uh, uh, we're talking about Beauty and the Beast right now. This oh, is okay. the Beauty and the Beast podcast. I just, dot com. So I love um, Emma Watson. One of the things that I struggled with in this film was I felt that her reaction should have been bigger for a person who has never seen magical or whimsical things suddenly being in an enchanted fucking castle. Act surprised. So she went up to save her father. Had she encountered anything by then? Well, I was more talking about the like during the BR guest scene. Like she just doesn't seem that excited. Oh, um, well, I mean, she'd been kind of desensitized already because she'd been having conversations with teapots and things. They're putting on a show and making you eat gray stuff. Look, she has lived her entire life in a little provincial town, mm-hmm. and she just thinks the rest Which of the world also- is like this. She's just she's in culture shock right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard different. Uh, uh, rationales behind this munchausen's by proxy uh i mean i can buy that as as a, a weird thing or, about or the not, movie not munchausen's sorry that was the wrong munchausen's is when you well she yeah. might have also had munchausen's because she was imprisoned by the beast and, and came to love him that is uh, no that's that's uh that's not munchausen that, yeah that that's uh, <laughs> i i know what you're thinking and that's where i got where yeah. you fall in love with your captor uh, yeah no not the, munchausen's it's the it's, you know. <laughs> Stockholm. Stockholm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My brain was shutting down trying to find that. <laughs> he was literally looking like his hands were making like a circling through a card catalog trying to like pull it out. <laughs> my eyes were closed. I was using all my power. <laughs> it's just a search. Um, reaching to the stars. <laughs> Thank you, though. That that really my I brain was starting to hurt. I said Munchausen, you got stuck on it, and yeah. we both met Tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she had that. Um, but uh, no, I thought it. But other than that, I, I thought that was the best cast on. I loved Gaston. Oh my god, I fell in love with that guy. I keep telling Chris he needs to be Gaston one year for. Uh, for Halloween, because yeah. I think he would be an excellent guest on. Yeah, I think he's got the right uh, demeanor and look for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, who's going to be LeFou? Well, I mean, when you think of the the two kind of uh, so when you think of our friends group, there's kind of a, I'll say a tier. So it would either be Grande <laughs> or Timmy, and I think Timmy would be a better LeFou. Oh, I think Timmy could pull off a LeFou. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not the traditional LeFou, but I think he would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I love, I loved him. I thought he was fantastic <laughs> in that movie. And, uh, I thought the beast was good. I thought all the animation was good. The CG was good. Uh, it made me feel things that I hadn't felt. And, uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking so much about Beauty and the Beast. I, don't, I, tried I, th- I know I, I tried to pull us back on track and you determinedly were sticking with it. Look, you need to learn how to do podcasts. You can't. Please, you can't. Please, man's play <laughs> podcast. Please. So okay. So in a podcast, you're supposed to stick on a topic. You can't just always go off and you know indulge in every little thought you have. Well, you how are we going to be the it. tangent twins if we don't go on some tangents? All right, fine. If you really want to. <laughs> so movie analysis of a tale of two sisters. You yep. know, I don't think we've said the title of this one quite enough. Yep, haven't we? I, I think we said it once, maybe. Tale of Two Sisters. Yes. A tale of two sisters. A tale of two sisters. 
But we're not talking about tail a posterior tail. We're a, talking a posterior tail? Yeah, like a monkey tail. Oh, yeah. We're, we're could... talking about a tail as in a story. Ah, that's true. Yeah. T-A-L-E. Mm-hmm. Mm. So last we reviewed movies, I gave this a nostalgia rating of 8.5 out of 10. I just wanted to issue that reminder. 8.5 out of 10. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to reveal yet what your real rating will be at the end, but mm-hmm. do you think it's changed at all? Well, I can't tell you that because I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see if I could catch you out. So um, from the very get-go of this film, I feel that it presents like a whimsical fairy tale just because of the the score. Um, it's kind of a waltz sound to it. Mm. So I think right away it's setting you up for maybe a little unsettling, but not horror. Horror. Yeah. So mm. my first... Timestamp is not till the eleven minute mark. What is your first timestamp? Uh, I I didn't have a ton of timestamps. I guess I did. I had more uh, to the end of the movie. So my first one is thirty three thirty three. Okay. So, but I will say that I had I wrote I started writing down predictions mm-hmm. of what I thought the twist was going to be at the end. Oh, I'm excited for that because I I made Zach like most movies I make him go in completely blind. Mm-hmm. And this movie, again, if you haven't watched it, do not listen to us yet until you've seen it, but then go back and listen to us because there are some twisty turnies. So I want to pat myself on the back here. Mm -hmm. I called it from before the first piece of dialogue. Really? And Price can back me up. I I watched it yesterday with Price, Mm -hmm. my friend Price, and I said, you may have to back me up because I don't know if she's going to believe me, Mm -hmm. but I called it from the... First piece of dialogue. And then I, I didn't call all of it, but then uh, between my first timestamp and my second timestamp, I wrote another prediction that called the whole thing. Wow. I'm proud of you. That's really good. Cause uh, I don't, there was a couple of things that alluded to the first twist mm-hmm. for me when I first saw it. Well, but, you, when you, yeah. when it first opens up, she's in a, a mental institution mm-hmm. and then, uh, I mean, that just right there, all of a sudden I'm thinking, all right, she's delusional. Someone else is delusional. doesn't matter. Things aren't what they appear. Mm-hmm. And then what's the most simple explanation is uh, nobody's talking. That's talk- a simple explanation. <laughs> well, I mean, but I know it's a horror movie. I know she's in a mental institution. Someone's delusional about something. Oh, okay. And it's going to be... She's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And so I, I, the first thing that pops into my head is, uh, you know... They're both ghosts. Uh, she's her own grandmother. None of this is real. She went back in time. Like they're all like all sorts of like weird conspiracy theories you can come up with when you know there's going to be a twist. She's and her this, own grandmother. <laughs> and for this one, you just, you know, it's a, a mental thing. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the twist. So someone in here isn't real. I think it's the sister. Okay. So that was my first prediction. Both sisters are the same person. That was what I wrote down. Okay. And then my second prediction, which is between the the next two uh, timestamps, was that all three of the women are the same person. Hmm. See, that's well done because I figured out the uh, middle or younger sister thing um, until I there was one specific thing that clued me in to the stepmother, but it wasn't. it, 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 I, I'll say it was kind of closer to the end. Well, so the, what clued me was, I mean, we, uh, this, I've kind of got it written down for later, but we can go into it now. What clued me in on it was the stepmother was given pills, mm. uh, at dinner, I think. And, uh, 
the older daughter and the stepmother were both doing the same thing. So uh, they both laid out the same clothes in exactly the same configuration, and they both put books on her desk in exactly the same configuration with the yeah. same books. So I was like, okay, all right. We, 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 got some, we got some duplication going on here. So why don't we start? Um, I would like people to hear the wall. So if we could hear a bit of the wall yeah, yeah. from the beginning. I, actually, I don't know that the intro song plays the full waltz. It's more waltzy. Yeah, you, can, you can control it. You can just go where you want to go. It's kind of slower. But at the very end is when it kind of becomes very waltzy. So it opens on a dark kind of green wallpaper uh, with floral um, and the words kind of smoke away. And I just thought it, it was beautiful. And this is actual wallpaper that you see in the house of the film. It's not just like a recreation of wallpaper. Mm. So in this scene, um, the two sisters, um, Sumi and Suyon, are going into the house. And they're being accosted by their stepmother. <laughs> I thought this scene was comedic. Yeah. She said, uh, I waited all day for you to come home. I didn't say hi first. What were you up to? Kind of thing. So you can tell that she's a little unhinged. Like she's just too much. Yeah, absolutely. And the sisters are clutching their hands tighter together in the presence of their stepmother. She goes to investigate something on the leg of the younger sister, and she recoils back. So you you automatically know that something's off. So I only saw this movie. I only watched this movie once. So I I may have missed out on some things, and there's one thing in particular I have a question about. Actually, two things. I may as well write them down so I can bring them up when they come up. I bet you're both tired. Get some rest and come down for dinner. I'm preparing a special dinner. But you have to give me some time. There's a lot to prepare. Yeah, she. I, I liked how like overwhelmingly chippy, chipper she was. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was, she just, it was a confrontational politeness. <laughs> like, <laughs> But especially like the first shot you get of her coming down the hallway, <laughs> it was almost like she was um, illuminated. Like, well, no, I was going to say like a monster in a movie or like an animatronic or something like the camera kind of seemed scared of her as she kind of power walked down the hallway with like this possessed look in her eyes as she was just spouting off this like an endless series of chipper comments and stuff like that. I just thought it was very funny. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your second... You alluded to it. Uh, so Sumi, uh, the oldest sister, goes into her room and she goes to put um, some books away and uh, a journal. And it's already in the the desk um, exactly the way she has it. And then she opens the closet and it's full of the same clothes arranged in a very similar way. And so it's like, are, are we setting her up to be gaslit? Like, but we, we obviously know the answer now, but that uh, during the first watch, you know, it's like, it felt like the stepmom may have been gaslighting her. So, like I said, I mean, I, I interpreted that as 
there was some psychological fuckery going on, mm-hmm. if I can use a technical industry term. Yeah, yeah, sure. But gaslight, I, I kind of got that that's how at least the character was interpreting it. Like she was being gaslit, or I guess gaslit, but it just seemed like she was kind of being uh, provoked in some way by, uh, she already laid out her books, and so... Like the stepmom already laid out the older sister's books. So the older sister is going to lay out the stepmother's job was to lay out her father's clothes or something like that. Wasn't it the The undergarments? She was like, Oh, that's my job. And and she's like, well, it seemed like she had done that to get back at her. And I didn't understand why either of those situations would have been offensive. Yeah. Yeah. It just, so that, that kind of confused me. Releasing control, I guess. Um, the, the dad's clothes thing is, you know, Taking care of the dad is my job. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Get off my uh, get, get off out of my, my lane. Lawn. <laughs> but why would the books have been offensive? It's it's just a weird thing to do. Like I, I don't think it's offensive, but it like, she she seemed to be offended by it, and that's why she retaliated with undergarments. Well, the same clothes hung up in the same way in the same books, and like because those were identical pieces of clothing in the closet. Uh huh. Yeah. I just don't know why it's offensive. It's a weird thing to do. I suppose, yeah. It's like, certainly weird, but I—I I mean, it, again, I didn't—I didn't know coming into it. I don't—I don't know how much of this is, like, uh, like why? Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. And to me, because we know that she's coming home from an institution. I, if I was coming off of, you know, a, a stay. Um, at an institution and came home and someone replaced all of my clothes with identical clothes, I'd be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, I I feel like it's, well, I would do that with anyone who did that. But um, if I was sane and put in an institution, I would feel like I I was being trapped or played with. I Yeah, see, I don't even know what I'd make of it. Yeah. I don't know if I'd care. I'd be like, are are those her clothes? Or did she go out and buy some identical clothes to, to just play a practical joke? Even if she did, is that so offensive? It's like, all right, that's kind of weird. I'll throw these away now. But my, <laughs> put my clothes up. I mean, I don't know about you. Sometimes if I find something I like, I'll buy a couple of them just in case the other wears out. I've never done that. Oh, I've done it with a pair of jeans. Like, because I was like, I really like these jeans. I've had these jeans. These are my only pair of jeans. Honestly, my only pair of pants. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a dangerous game <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's worked out i guess i've had these jeans for like three years mm-hmm. it may be time that i get some new ones but you know I, I live on the edge one pair of pants for like three years you're gonna fall down the stairs one day and it's gonna have a big tear down the back side of it and then what are you gonna do oh well, i've got like running shorts so if i needed to make an emergency pants run pants run i could do it in my running shorts <laughs> All right, uh, so my next one is at uh, minute mark 17.50 seconds. Um, and my note is, I don't know if this is cultural, but I just hate the dad in this scene. Oh, interesting. Okay. So um, at this scene, um, we are at the most awkward family meal possibly ever. Mm. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it play. Let's do it. You're going to have to do the narration. Actually... I'll do the dad. You do the sisters. Sorry, I have things to tend to. You must be tired, so clean it up tomorrow. What the fuck, dad? Actually, what was just offensive there? Why won't he help? You must be tired. Well, we didn't. So we didn't let get. Me, let me help you clean it up. Run it back a bit. I don't know what the context is here. 
You read? Oh, right. I invited Sun Kyo and his wife over for dinner this weekend. Really? It'll be nice for them to see the girls after so long and to catch up on things. <laughs> Takes a sip of tea or coffee. That was delicious. Sorry, I have things to tend to. You must be tired, so clean it up tomorrow. I'm sorry, that, that is not the appropriate response. <laughs> I thought, I, yeah, that, that was odd for me too. Like he is just completely like, I'm not going to answer your question. I don't have time. I have things to tend to. I have things Goodbye. to tend to. I'm leaving. Also, you clean it up, whoa man. <laughs> oh, you thought that was the subtext? I am a man, therefore this means nothing to me. Clean it. I yeah. recognize you may be tired. Do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. What the <laughs> hell? Like, you must be tired. I just hate him so much. <laughs> okay, and so, so... Okay, that was, that's interesting. I didn't, see, I didn't the, develop a hatred for him in this movie. What was I it? I didn't like him. Was it in Casablanca or... Jaws. It was Jaws, I think. You you were the one to point out like the uh, anti-feminist kind of tones of the way that the husband was treating the wife. And here I'm yeah. like, ooh, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't like him. I honestly, that I didn't catch that the first time mm -hmm. uh, that, he, that he said clean it up. Because what, what, I think I was already laughing from the line before where he's like, he just didn't answer her. Uh -huh. And he's like, <laughs> I don't have time for this. I'm leaving. I have many important things to do. He didn't even say that. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so th I think I was already like laughed and laughing and geared up about the line before, so I don't think I caught that. <laughs> yeah. No, that bothered me so much. It's like you must be tired, right? So clean it up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how my marriage is going to work. I can assure you. We'll see. We'll see. Mark may say, um, "I don't feel like helping right now. Can we do it later as a together activity?" But it's never going to be a that. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I'm glad your marriage isn't destined to be like this fella's. Yeah, well, for many reasons. <laughs> so my next scene is at 2342. It's the classic horror creaking door. I gotta say, so I, I'm, I'm going to start revealing some of how I feel about the movie. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, like I, like I said for Sleuth, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of movies that cut around and try to hold your attention just by being overly chaotic and exciting. Like, oh, we got to get to the next thing. Never have a, a calm moment because we just need to be showing the audience something so they never get bored. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I, I like it when a movie has time to breathe, gives the actors room to give nuance to their performance and a scene to just develop a character of its own rather than just snapping from thing to thing. I really like that. But you can go too far. You can fetishize that idea. And I think this movie did that. Okay. I think this movie went too far letting things breathe and letting things just sit. Like, because it would get to a point where scenes like the opening of a door, looking down a hallway or something like that, it would just last so long that I'd be like, okay, this movie's stopped. I'm going to pay attention to something else now. There's whatever's going on outside of the window. I, I just would lose interest. Like, just get to the thing. Just, okay, we've got it. There's a door here. It's opening. Let it open. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would get, so it wasn't, it wasn't like an intensity thing from being like scared uh, from the, uh, the it was too slow. anticipation. Yeah. I would lose interest. It was a battle for my patience. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a stellar. <laughs> so I, there were a lot of moments like that. Um, now I, again, well, not again, but to be clear, I thought the, 
directing was overall good. I, I liked the artistic, I liked art, artistic bits and the, the way they shot things, the way they colorized and did contrast uh, for a lot of the scenes. I thought it was really good. But it, it just it lingered too long on some things. Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Is that from something? It's a song. Oh. The Cranberries. Cranberries? Mm-hmm. What's that? The Cranberries, they did the song Zombie. What? Uh, can you sing a snatch? No. Okay. Uh, but I can pull pull it up. Sure. I'd be amazed if you had not heard the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zombie. <laughs> Which is exactly as well as they sang it. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be uh, insulting. I know that song. Yeah. But they also have a song called Linger. So I will also say uh, the lead singer of the Cranberries died not too long ago. So um, my, my condolences to her, her uh, family and friends and fans. Um, I know it was unexpected and devastating. Yeah. How old was she? She wasn't very old. Um, you always have follow-up questions that I don't have the answers to. I know. I'm a... I'm just a natural conversationalist. I ask probing questions because I listen and I care. So uh, the lead singer, Dolores, uh, Dolores O'Riordan, she died in January of 2018. At age, At age 32. Four, 46. So very sad, but uh, yes. It was a big setup for a joke that wasn't that funny. <laughs> I can't believe how good this was. Oh, sorry. Now I feel like it's kind of antagonizing. <laughs> Does that feel better? Now I feel like Debbie Downer. <laughs> uh, okay. Now let's get back to our upbeat movie. Yes. The classic creaking door is what I've titled this. All right. All right. So we're looking from inside the girl's bedroom at a door. Oh, my goodness. It's an intense sister. creak. Yeah, no, it's when I said the, the classic creaking door. Can you think of a more like iconic sounding creaking door? <laughs> that's the creakiest door. Yeah. In all of cinema. All right. So we get a hand that's about to little curl around the door here. And she hides under her sheets, kind of. So uh, yeah, I also wanted to say, you know, a lot of people do that. Like in movies, if they're scared of something, they're like, I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. Can't get me if I'm asleep. I I had the exact same thought and commentary when I first watched <laughs> this part. I mean, we've. I, I feel like as an adult, I will not let my foot dangle off the bed or my foot be uncovered because that's it, crazy. No, that's when the monster's gonna get you. It's gonna get you by the foot. Um, yeah, in a movie though, right? Not in real life. No, real life. Allison will still pull her feet under the sheets like sometimes i'll like sneak my foot out like in my comfort you know just to like let a little bit of me get the cool air Mm -hmm. but then i'm like monster tuck it right back in yeah that's silly i'm a silly person Mm -hmm. so um but i had the same thought that it's it's odd that you just you pull the sheets over your head or whatever when a monster's coming in your room why uh don't you want to know that what's happening to you I'm definitely sleeping. Like the monster doesn't... Oh, the monster comes in and is about to kill you. Oh, she's asleep. I guess I'll move on. Part of the joy I get out of eating youths is the fear. So if if they're not awake, I'm not really getting any nutrition out of this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So she's gotten into the bed with her older sister. Okay. 
Did you have a bad dream? She shakes her head. Was it the wardrobe? She so shakes her head. This is the first time in the movie where they allude to something is wrong with the wardrobe. Yep. At what point did you figure out what is wrong with the wardrobe? Um, I don't think I ever figured it out until it showed us. Until yeah. it showed the, the mom. Okay. It, well, just because you kind of figured certain things out. I just wasn't sure if you had any theories early on about what the wardrobe was. Um, oh, well, at one point... Yeah, I don't know that I ever did have a good theory. I, I knew that it meant something. I knew that there was a trauma or something associated with it. I don't know that I'd ever really formed a theory about what that trauma was. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will say, though, that... So my... Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil it yet, which is actually ironic. When you... When, the, for the listener, remember what I'm saying now, because when I reveal what I am going to say later, mm -hmm. it'll be really funny and you'll have a good laugh to yourself. Uh, so at around the 51 minute mark, mm -hmm. I'm going to have a thought about this movie, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Okay. Okay. So my next clip is the eldest sister is going to the refrigerator for some water and something strange is in the refrigerator. Oh, this, I'm glad you put this cause I didn't, I didn't uh, put a timestamp on this. Mm -hmm. Why did she get all freaked out? Well, I couldn't tell what it was. It's a fish head, I think. Oh, so was it? So, um, the in the many times I've watched it, I did not know the link um, to the original fairy tale. Right. So part of me wondered if this was a nod to the original fairy tale of what was found in the eldest daughter's bed. Well, but later in the movie, you, you, there are dead birds in the bed. So I, f I figured that's what it would have been. Yeah, it. I'm I'm not sure because well, the the thing about the 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 blood and the smell, like it it didn't seem fish to me. It it seemed like it was like a skinned animal of some sort. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Let's play it. I, I was really. She opens and drinking some water. This just seemed to be another element of the movie. It seemed to be taking a lot of swings in different directions. From a first-time viewer, mm -hmm. I don't know how these things connect, and this seems to be a literal red herring. <laughs> I mean, I mean, actually, the most literal of red herrings possible. It is literally a dead fish. That's red. See, I didn't know it was a fish. So she, she smells something smelled amiss. She's opening a parcel in the refrigerator. Maybe they were just playing a joke on the audience. Maybe they wanted a red they wanted a literal red herring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's opening the little thing. She went into the fridge. She's opening some paper right now that contains something. She's doing it really slowly for some reason. Then she drops it, piano plays, and she, we look down and it's a fish head so is that a fish head though like well, it's run it run, run it back if you want i i thought it was a fish head when i looked at it i couldn't really see there and then it pans to the grandma or grandma stepmom just like sitting in front of a tv just kind of being weird um yeah and that was the other thing so pills she's acting weird everyone's acting all the women are acting weird and they're all on their periods crazy, right? <laughs> yeah what's in the bag well, what can you make? It looks that, see, that looks like a fish head and a tail. So, I, yeah, I'm still having a hard time seeing it. It's. Well, if you see, like, it, it, all this would be the middle of the fish. This is just the head with the eye. But what's this bit? Whip it. So, we're. Point, we're, at, point at it again? The, there's kind of like a lump right there. No, I see the tail. So it goes off into a fin here, fin there, and it just gets cut off right there. So it, it could be a weird corpse of a fish, but why would you. Keep, uh, I guess you could make. Like broth from it but 
I don't know. It, it seemed weird, but I think like I just don't know what's surprising about it. I so to me, it looks like a skinned animal, and so that's like that would be kind of drawing to me. But not being able to see it clearly, it's hard to hard to say. I don't know. It, it really it looks obviously like a fish to me. Mm. Like. It, like that that to me looks like it could be an organ of some sort like a heart meat or well in the middle there's nothing mm-hmm. like this is just wet bag yeah or paper or whatever so it looks like two little chunks like that's a little chunk and that's a little chunk so i didn't yeah. see a fish oh so and you're still not seeing it i i see what you could be meaning but it seemed awfully red blood for fish fish doesn't typically i don't see any red though oh it's red all over and that could be. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, well, to me, it just looked like wet. It looked like the paper was wet. No, this looks, this is bloody. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, then maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's weird because it's a fish and it's also weird and bloody. So maybe that's what's surprising about it. Maybe. I don't know. Or it could just be a fish is a fish. It's a red herring, man. Yeah. So, uh, my next clip is at, Thirty-three twenty-five. Uh, might as well. I think. Okay, so we're probably doing the same moment. Isn't this the mother? Yes. The mother ghost. All right. Uh, At least that we don't know that yet as a viewer, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are in the girls' room, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we we see and hear. So we all we see is what appears to be a head, kind of moving along the the line of the the baseboard of the bed. I think. But it's important to note that what you hear is the a rope. You hear is kind of like a taut rope. Oh, I don't. Here, turn turn it up. It's gonna be bassy. No treble. turning around all right so now you get the idea that the like it looked like a hanging oh okay so i took that to be floorboards Mm. so yeah you're the the way that the posture is done you can kind of feel like it's a someone hanging because the the leg came up like it was walking Mm -hmm. so i thought it was floorboards and now you can just hear like a static noise So yeah, you get the hanging effect. There's like the head tilting to one side. The arms were kind of dangly. And now we're going to get blood coming down. Oh, first, you see the face kind of coming out. A little bit of face through the darkness of and the hair. I, when I was watching it, I couldn't decide whose face that was. I guess it's the mother's, obviously, but it, it looked like one of the sisters. And you get blood running down the leg and a hand kind of crawling down the leg. So my question is, knowing what we know... We know that that's the mother's ghost. Now. Right. No, we didn't then. What does the blood in the hand mean? So I, 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 the blood seems like it could be symbolic of. Birth. Like I, I kind of got a birth analogy out of that. Like, yeah. It, but what's the hand? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it seemed like it was just, hey, what's scary? <laughs> 
not not what makes sense or what could be reasonably interpreted a certain way that's meaningful. So there's different cultural things that I'll say um, are apparent in this movie and in movies like Juan and The Ring right. that I don't understand. Right. That I wonder if it's so ingratiated into a cultural understanding of certain tropes of horror. Yeah. Like the hair. There's a lot of hair play in um horror in uh, different Asian cultures. Right. And I, and that's something that I don't think needs to be symbolic of anything. That's just uh, a trope that that's in Asian culture. Like uh, American ones have their own tropes and stuff like that. This is just an Asian trope of the hair being over the, the face of the girl or the guy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the length of the hair and the, the way the hair is almost its own life form. Yeah. Oh, so you think that actually does have a, a symbolism? I, I think it has something to do with, um, an understood ghost story or background that Mm. I don't understand. Yeah. And maybe so. So part of me wonders if the hand and the mother and, um, those are related to, um, tropes that I just don't understand. I, I, I was willing to swallow that as an American viewer being like, this is probably a concept that makes sense aware that is else, Mm. but not to me, but it's still really creepy. Uh, yeah, so I, I had this as my first timestamp uh, because it was the first real scare moment. Mm-hmm. I thought it was reasonably scary. I really, I, th- I felt like it was trying to be symbolic of something and I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite get where it was going. And that may be a cultural thing and, I, you know, mm-hmm. fair play. Um, but it wasn't universal enough. And I feel like there's, there's symbolism, sim- especially visual sorted symbolism, I feel like should... Mm, for the most part, be cross-cultural, unless it is just referring to something visually specific to your culture, which mm-hmm. seems odd. I don't know. But maybe maybe that could be a thing. But I feel like visual symbolism should kind of be cross-cultural, and it shouldn't be particular to a language or anything like that. It, should, it, it could be universal. I think the best symbolism is universal anyway. And this didn't strike that balance to me. Mm-hmm. But again, it may be uh, re- referencing something very specific to either Korean or uh, more broadly Asian culture mm-hmm. that I just don't get. You, the viewer, what do you think? Or listener. I keep calling you viewers. You're not watching us. You're listening. They, but might, what, they what, might be looking at the album art. They might be. In which case, look into our rose-tinted uh, 3D glasses and tell us, what do you think? And maybe you just know more than we do about it and you think we're, you know gibbering idiots well i i would like to think of us as maybe willing to be taught not a gibbering idiot i'm fine being labeled as a gibbering idiot yes so but yeah if you if in fact you do know the answer to what we're talking about we would love to hear from you so reach out on the socials and uh we'll we'll pick it up yeah we want to pick up what you're putting down so uh anyway uh there was the slow reveal which is a repeating thing that i'm going to say i thought it was too slow uh, yeah. her her walking along the ground it just to me it just allowed me more time to be stressed yeah i mean cuz i when i see the first bit of the the head kind of walking and i hear the creaking of the floorboards i'm like all right we're about to see something crazy mm-hmm. we're about to see a ghost or some sort of monster mm-hmm. let's see it <laughs> 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 like you're I, so I, impatient. Yeah, maybe, may and maybe I've just been spoiled by seeing so many other horror movies. Like I just, I know where I am here. Yeah. I know where I am in this situation. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> you're 
You've been to enough haunted houses and shook the hands of the performers that did a good job. Yeah. You got me. Well done. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. Uh, we were at, uh, I think, Zach's first haunted house, and he boasted, I will go first, and got scared in this like uh, camper that was oh, yeah. in the middle of the cornfield. Yeah, I think we had walked through a cornfield or something, and there was like a little shack or something. We walked through yeah. the shack, and there was someone that jumped out of a, a closet or something. And he jumped back into the strong arms of my cousin. <laughs> and uh, he went up to the actor. He was like, well done. Well done. <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway. There's several times where Zach has made a uh, character, <laughs> like, go lose their character in haunted houses. What was it? Oh, oh uh, the, 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 the redneck. The, yeah, I, I do what I call him, racist or something. Yeah. So at the end of um, one of the haunted houses we went to, the very last room is the uh, redneck zombie cannibal trope. Right. Why that's a trope, I don't know. Hey, that, that's America for you. But that's he our had, tropes. What, this haunted house, more than others, the actors, it felt like we're trying to berate us. Um. <laughs> And Zach is not very cooperative of being berated. No, I don't suffer it. (laughs) I cannot see Zach, for instance, going into the army for this reason, because I just imagined the drill sergeant doing their their darn best. And then Zach's (laughs) like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. I'm going to go over here and have a sandwich. (laughs) Well, I'm not going (laughs) to. And in this room, you know, there's like the actor... You could tell he was really playing up the character, but Zach just kind of. I think it was the I think it was the uh, the rebel flag. Yeah, hanging re- in the background, and I think I I drew attention to that and was talking about racist heritage or something like that. <laughs> and he he said something like it's like it's not uh, it, this is culture. Or something. Yeah, it was exactly that that thing. And then uh, I forget what you said back, but the actor just like you know what, just just go. There's a chainsaw coming. Just go. <laughs> totally like, threw him off. Yeah. It's like whatever. Just the next room's over there. I I can't. I cannot continue. <laughs> He is a professional actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I, the egg was on my face. Maybe he was a trained Shakespearean actor, and he was just trying to get through his thing. Yeah, but then again, you know, the show must go on, and he was he, he was thrown. He off. just couldn't. It, I think there are different things that could throw any of us off our game, and you just happened to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the right button. You did. You did. Um, anyway, so, but yeah, so that, that I thought that the the reveal. There's there's value. It, it lingered. It, yeah, there's there's a value in letting it linger a little bit to, to draw out the, the tension of the moment. And I thought it overstayed its welcome. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you can get out. <laughs> All right. What do you got next? My next one is 51-ish. Okay. It's not a particular moment. It was, I, I at this point in the movie, I had a thought. Okay. Mine is at uh, 46.15. All right, so we'll go to yours first. Who did this to you, says the older sister. Tell me, who did this? It's okay, tell me! So on her wrist, there's um, bruising and a scratch. She did this? She did this, didn't she? The younger sister pulls her hand. What's wrong with you? I told you, tell me everything! She did this, right? She did this, huh? She, who did this to you? Tell me. She, the younger sister screams and breaks her hands free of the elder sister mm-hmm. and runs away with um, the new treasures that they... The, the elder sister had gone and got some of her mom's belongings from a shed. 
So, uh, 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 so why did she have the cut? The bruising, I because she the the thing at the end falls on her. So um, the the thing on the end falls on her, but she's also um, like scratching, trying to. Um, she's like the, scratching the, at the wood. She's scratching at the wood, but there's also um, hangers that I think cause the scratching. Okay. Because See she, that to she's me flailing around. That to me seemed like another red herring. I, to me, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this confirms my theory. She's dead. She killed herself. Because it looked like she was trying to cut her wrist. Yeah, it looks like a gash. Um, uh, anyway, so that seemed like another red herring to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, out of all the characters in this movie, the youngest sister is the one that I truly feel the worst for. She had the worst out of anyone in this. Uh, in the movie, she didn't exist. Well, in the if she had existed... And she did exist. And in the very end, we get to see the flashback. Oh, I mean, at some yeah. point she existed. But during yeah. this part of the movie, the only part we really see her are the, the she appears as a, a burned up ghoul or something under the sink. Yeah, which is uh, coming up on my next. <laughs> yeah. So like we she exists in that in that way. But for the most part, when we see her in this movie, she's so just because there's an actor there and we're seeing a story being told with that. I'm going to say. She she is a character present that I have empathy for. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I I definitely agree with that. So, uh, what time are we on right now? Forty eight thirty seven. And what's your next thing? Fifty one thirty three. The dinner party from hell. So just go to that, and I'll. So around this time in the movie, I've got it written in my notes. It's not a specific thing that happened. I just had this thought and I wanted to jot it down. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Okay. And that's it. We're almost an hour into this movie. And from a first viewing, I have no idea what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. I have been given no information on any characters. And that adds to my frustration. And I, I can't feel anything for any of the characters because I don't know what, what to make of their conflicts. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about any of their situations. Some of them might not be real, but I don't know. And I just, I'm frustrated by the movie at this point. I don't know what I'm watching <laughs> and I don't know how to care or even if I do, I, I want to make the decision if I need to be caring. now. <laughs> I, I don't know. And so, yeah, I, so it was, let me see. What else have I written? Yeah, that's it. I like, so I, at this point in the movie, I'm not liking it because I don't know what I'm watching. Okay. So what you were saying uh, at the beginning, before we started watching it was that you liked that they didn't spoon feed us information. And I totally am on board with that for most movies. You just want a little spoon. Give us a little bit. <laughs> I want to know what I'm watching. <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah, I thought that was, they went too far with trying to keep information from us. So it's, there's a, there, like I said, there's a value in, in not spoon feeding. So give us a little bit. So we kind of know where we're going. And then at the end, hit us over the head with the big twist and like all this other information, which if we on a second viewing makes a lot of things make more sense. That's awesome. But with some of it has to make some amount of sense for the first viewing. He is really mad at this movie. <laughs> it, it was driving me crazy. It really was. <laughs> um, so the scene that we're tapping into right now, uh, we are having the stepmoms. Um, I, I think it's her brother come in with his wife or girlfriend. I don't know that they ever say wife or girlfriend. I don't. So it, it was the it was the brother of who? The stepmom. Okay, so the stepmom is not real for most of this movie. But we don't know that. 
Yes. I think, well, okay, so this is, this was my question. So is the stepmom in this scene real? No. Okay. So the story she was telling. Completely out of her butt. That's why he was so frustrated. It's like, no, I don't remember this. Okay. So she was, okay. Okay. So the story she was telling wasn't real. (laughs) I thought it was real, but it was awkward and uncomfortable for him. And so he didn't want to talk about it. No, I think she was just making up uh, a story. And then my, my favorite is at the end of it, she's like, are you crazy or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, and she gets serious <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought she did a good job. I thought her acting was very good and it was, that was a creepy turn. And yeah. She has a couple creepy turns in the movie. So I thought that was nice. And I, I wasn't sure what to make of, I wasn't sure if she was supposed to be real for this scene. Like she came in from out of town or something. No, the first time that she comes in is at the end. Okay. And why? Where was she? We don't know where she was, but we know that the father says, no, I don't think you being here would be helpful right now. And then he's like, I can't do it alone. You need to come. So that's the first time she comes in. Okay. I mean, I feel like that could have been interpreted as we know that you wouldn't be helpful because we've seen... Or, or it's not like if she had been real in that scene, she hadn't interacted with the sisters, so they wouldn't have known yet. So maybe he's still mm-hmm. saying, I don't think you would be, it would be helpful if you were here because, you know, whatever. But I don't know if it was completely explicitly said that she hadn't been. But I buy that she wasn't real for this scene. Mm-hmm. And it was my opinion that she wasn't real for any of the movie until she came back. I'm just saying it, I don't think any lines were explicitly laid. Right. It, uh so the the only reason I came to my conclusion was the call that the dad had. Right. Okay, so she was just totally making up this story. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and play it. So um, you can hear just kind of the, the weird. So, and that's also an interesting thing, but I'm just not. We are watching the stepdaughter do an interpretation of how she views the stepmother. Is the stepmother really as she's portraying her? This really uptight. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I mean, we uh, we don't see enough of the real her. To get that. I mean, we. You see her at the very end and like holding her arm trying to comfort her. She's She still seems kind of evil there too. You think? Oh, I think. I don't know if I got that impression, but maybe I would on, on a second viewing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I, I never thought highly of the stepmom, but let's watch the dinner. Are you going to do the lines of uh, the stepmom and I'll do everyone else's lines? Yeah. We get to see an interesting pan of the house. This dad emerges from his study. He already looks fatigued. The stepmom has turned up the music. She's all dressed up and looks like super happy to see everyone. And now the gentleman and his wife come in and they they look uncomfortable already. What did they just pour into the glass? It looks like high high. Hi, C. <laughs> it's supposed to be red wine. It doesn't look like wine. Lori, but I think it did happen. When was it? Hey, I remember this. You jumped into the river to catch some fish. Then you started to drown and everyone had a fit. <laughs> okay, so on the first viewing, <laughs> there was another funny story. What was it? Can you pause it real quick? So on the first viewing, when I wasn't really sure what was what, I was buying into this might have been the real her mm-hmm. and just watching the, the husband or the father. 
I was just loving watching him. Just eating and not reacting. Yeah, for this whole scene, I was just looking at him. All the other characters at the dinner table are deadpan. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Like the the wife or girlfriend of the brother, she just looks like, can we please leave? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is 50, whatever. Okay, so at about 54, you can just let the scene play at uh, 5430 is where I had it jotted down that I, I mean, I burst out laughing when he put his glass down really slowly (laughs) in a silence in the conversation. I died laughing. Uh, So she says, Oh yeah. Remember this, uh, that crazy guy. The funny thing is, is that he was usually normal, but whenever it rained, he went nuts. While plowing the field, he'd strip off his clothes if it rained and run out into the motorway. Read the room. The funniest time was when it rained off and on. So he'd put it on and take off his clothes again and again. I thought her physical acting was very good here. And he got sick of it and just went into his house. No one is laughing. No one is smiling. Everyone in the neighborhood laughed so much back then. But when he was little, he saw him doing it once. Then he ran together with that crazy guy. She's dying. She's just not reading the room at all. Nobody, nobody cares. Her mom saw that and almost passed out. Do you remember? You remember it, right? Say something, don't you? I mean, I think it is odd that nobody has said like, okay, no, that wasn't a thing. Let's continue on with some other line of dialogue. No, I don't remember. I said, I don't remember. Gearing up for the him putting the gas down. She is just uh, beside herself. She's not buying it. There's kind of an empathetic look coming from the yeah. Mihi. And see, all of this makes much more sense on a second viewing, which is nice. But why don't you remember? Because it didn't happen, lady. <laughs> he didn't say that. That was me. Are you crazy? down put the glass down here it is <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't move his shoulders no. it's, it's just the glass looked like a machine <laughs> like an animatronic thing <laughs> okay and so um i feel so bad for the girlfriend mihi uh in this scene she's she starts to have a seizure um out of nowhere um and she sees the ghost of Su Yun uh, under the sink, which, so I also, I wasn't sure how much of this was real. Like, so when, whenever you saw an apparition, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be someone's delusion or if it was brought about by a haunted house. Like, and it was, it, it's not real, but it's making you see things. It's making everyone delusional. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure what was what. But it seems like since she saw it, and maybe this seizure was brought on by the ghost. Well, at the very end, we we learn that the house is truly 
haunted. Well, I think I think this uh, later she says that she saw somebody under the sink. So I think that yeah, there is there was a girl under the sink. Yeah, so I thought that was evidence that this at least that ghost is real. I don't know. Did we ever get confirmation that the mom was real or if that was a dream? Uh, we, we don't know. And that, that's part of the hard part of an unreliable narrator. So Sumi saw the mother, but we don't know. All right. So now we're, she's choking and she's full seizing. And then stab mom. Do you notice the breathing? There wasn't always her own, like kind of panicked breathing. That was what? No. If you listen to the breathing of her before she screams, the stepmom? Mm-hmm, yeah. it was blended with Sumi. Oh, the actual actor of yeah. Sumi? Yeah, with the, the kind of panicked breathing. In. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It adds another layer. Like, that I never realized until I read up on that. But um, now the they're driving, and Mihi says, I'm sorry. I didn't want to come, but Muhyun something, so I had no choice. Begged me. Begged me. Honey? Yes? I saw something strange in that house. What did you see? There was a girl under the kitchen sink. And this is the first time you kind of get the impression... I think that there's more um, delusion, uh, more more haunting than just delusion. Certainly, yeah. I yeah. think that was a confirmation that the girl under the sink was Su Yun. Mm-hmm. Well, um, also the way she's dressed alludes to the way she's dressed in the broken picture that we get to see later. Mm. I didn't really catch how she was dressed. There's a scene where she's in a picture and she's wearing a green dress with kind of blue trim and you kind of see the same sleeves um, with the bloodied girl under the sink. Oh, I uh, to be honest, I could not tell she was wearing clothes, what they could have been. It looked She just looked like a bloody mess or something. Yeah. Um, and I will say the scene that's about to happen is a scene that always makes me jump and um, just see- like almost... Uh, I know you're not a huge fan of jump scares, but this scene always makes me like, I mean, if you use the scene that's coming up. Yeah. If you use a jump scare parsimoniously in your, in your movie, like for a special moment, Mm -hmm. but if they're just all over the place in your movie, I think it's cheap. Okay. So this is, I think one of the only jump scares. Yeah. And I, I credit this movie with not having a ton of jump scares and it was mainly a creepy love a jump scare. Yeah. And they love an upside down cross. God save me. Do they love an upside down cross? You know, one of the reasons I suggested this is because it didn't have any of the Catholic Christian tropes in it. Wrong. It doesn't. Well, there was one crucifix. Yeah, but that didn't have anything to do with anything. No, it didn't. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting to see a Jesus, an appearance by Jesus in this movie. Well, Jesus is everywhere, you know. He's in our hearts. <laughs> So my next scene is at 5850, um, which is the jump scare scene. Um, It's so simple, but I think very effective how they did this. Which moment is this? I feel like I had something I was going to say, but I've forgotten it. But what's the jump scare? Um, She's reaching for the barrette and something grabs her hand. All right. Yep, 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 yep. Ooh, I'll tell you, there was another moment of, you can can scan ahead. Um, There was another moment of a hand, I think. Mm -hmm. Doing something creepy in this. Lots um, of hands. 
there was a give him a hand. Oh, there was a moment uh, later in the movie. I think when I forget who I think it was the stepmom walking into a room. The very very end. Yeah, near the very end, and the door locks behind her. Yeah, but right when you come into the room, she opens the door. I think, and there's like a, a sheet or a blanket or something covering the wall. Maybe it was a tapestry. Yeah, it's um, there's one of those kind of bowed out windows, so it's like a, a sheet covering the the chair on that ledge. Okay, uh, but right when she opens the door, there's something dangling under the below the the blanket, and quickly gets pulled up. Huh. And you can't quite tell what it was. I thought it was a hand, but if we can slow it down and see what it is, I'd be interested. I think it was like a bluish, like dead looking hand and it was quickly drawn up and then it, you can see a little bit of rustling under the, the blanket and then it goes still. So right now the stepmom is looking under the kitchen sink. She saw something um, as she's looking behind her. You see a girl in a green dress sitting at the kitchen table. Oh, so this was another one of the moments like where look how slowly she is like lifting her head. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to stare at her face for a while. We hear a sound. Stepmom is now looking scared. And she turns to look at the table. Very, very slowly. And there's nothing there. Although in a previous shot, doesn't it actually show a body in the chair? Yeah, that, that's what I just said. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> staring at her. And yeah, no, it, there's uh, a girl in a green dress in the chair. Now she's looking oh, okay. back forward. So the, the green dress, is that? Suyun. Suyun's? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The younger sister. So I like that. So I like that they actually showed that. There's a barrette on the floor. Because I didn't catch that the first time I viewed it. I knew someone was there, but I didn't know who it was. But I'm glad that that person was dressed like the picture. Mm-hmm. And she's reaching her hand slowly for the barrette. So slowly. So very slow. And then grasps it. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Every time I jump. And then we see the same girl in the green dress that we now know to be. And then pills. Suyun. And there's pills. We kept we keep seeing pills throughout the movie. Yep. Pills that look like they're aspirin, but we know are supposed to be antipsychotics. Possibly. Can't you just stay here? Okay, so uh, pause real quick. So several times as uh, Sumi is, or the older sister, is uh, thinking she's the stepmom and speaking to the, her father, she says things like, I'm trying to remember a specific instance but I'm sure she has said something to him like my sister has said this or uh, the stepmother has done this or whatever. And he's, he doesn't immediately like, all right, you've gone insane. We're taking you back in or anything like that. And also uh, he says, tell me what's on your mind. And she's like, Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe me or whatever. Or would it make a difference? Give it, give it a shot. Just tell him. Why won't you just tell him? So, you've never been a teenage girl. I've been a teenage boy. Well, there's there's a lot of times where teenage girls are kind of stereotyped into being more reserved or closed off when dealing with issues. Um, so, like, with in this case, she um, it's like, you wouldn't understand me, Dad. Oh, I don't know. I think that's 
that's probably the same for boys. Oh, so I, I've never been a teenage boy. I have. But I've seen it more associated with a teenage girl. Well, I mean, I think the stereotype of a teenage girl is they're, they're willing to get upset about things that don't matter. But that they're they're, they're, they're but they're given, very open about everything that upsets them and they and they'll say they'll they'll say what's wrong, but then when someone doesn't respond the way that they respond, they say oh you don't understand. But the trope I think of the teenage boy is holds everything inside. I will say that um, teenage girls are also stereotypically allowed to have more feelings than guys. Right. So in this case, I I, I don't know. I I feel like. Um, I mean, she is, she also has gone through a lot of, lot of crap. So, I mean, the Sumi that we get to see here has already been mentally berated from what we find out happened to her. Um, so I, I think she holds a lot of contempt for her father. And so I think that's why she's like, why would I bother to tell you it wouldn't change or help anything. I've no, I know what it's like to try to tell you things and maybe I'm giving her too much credit. No, I mean, I, I, I buy what you're saying. What was, see, I, I'm wondering if I've missed something about the real reality. What did her dad do that she can't for, seem to forgive? He brought his mistress to come live at home with them and that drove her mother to commit suicide. Okay. All right. So the, yeah, that it was a little bit of the timeline part that I, I couldn't, I, I wasn't sure if we were seeing things. This was all the, at the end. We saw her brought in and Sumi was co- confronting her. But it was like right after she walked out of the room where she saw her mom mm-hmm. uh, and Su Yun under the the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wasn't sure if that was actually happening all at the same time or if she was mashing together memories or something like that. So I think it's the first time that we're exploring the true past of what led from point A to point B, which is the start of the movie where he just watched. Right. Yeah. And the, the famous line, what could be worse than being with you here in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which she says right after seeing her mom, she did the, the sister didn't it, Sumi did not know about the mom and Suyun. Well, when she walked in, Suyun was uh, scratching at the wood underneath. So we hear, and why wasn't Suyun saying anything? She was, well, she's being smothered. That's how she died. She was smothered by the, her mom. Like, she's muffled. Oh, maybe I missed that. But yeah. she, I thought she was making some noises. She, yeah, she's screaming and like, help me, help me, kind of. But, like, you can... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she could have done more. She wasn't saying anything. She was making kind so, of moaning noises. She wasn't even going like, hey, wonder here, can you please... <laughs> and she wasn't, like, tapping. She wasn't making she was a loud like, noise. Well, she, she was, was like, like, scraping. She was, at things trying to... Like, she grabbed... I don't know. That seems so... Like she was smacking her hand on the ground. So she, she was doing this. She was like scratching at the edge of the wood. No, you could see her grab one of the coat hangers and like slam it on the ground as best she could. Oh, yeah. Okay, then I missed that. So she saw the feet of the stepmom come into the room and then leave. And the stepmom has this moment. She's like, "What am I doing?" And she's about to go back and help her. Then she has the run-in with Sumi, and she's like, "You know what? Fuck these kids." And Ah, okay. So I must have like looked away or something at part of this. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, because it, at a certain point I was like, all right, the movie's over. And so I stopped, <laughs> I stopped taking things in kind of. Oh. Um, 
So I don't think you watched the true end of the film. I mean, I, I did. I got all the events, but I, I seem to have missed some of the flavor here. Yeah. Some, actually, some of the meat, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, Which part of made it so good was the, the last bit. Well, but that bothered me. It, like, none of the movie makes any sense until the very end. And that I just don't think that's good enough. Okay. I, I think so some I think something has to make to your review. You didn't like it. Well, I uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I don't think it's good enough for nothing to make sense until the very end. No. Something has to make sense. Something there has to be something for the viewer to care about the first time they watch. It's really good to have it layered so you pick up on new things the second viewing. And uh, uh, there was nothing for the first viewing. <laughs> okay. But it is, I, and going back and seeing scenes and seeing the nuance of people's performance, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. super interesting. So this is a, is a much better movie on the second viewing, but the first viewing was not, yeah. not okay. for me, not for me. Okay. Um, so right now we're at the halfway point of the movie <laughs> <laughs> and flash forward to know that Zach did not love it so much. Um, I, I don't have anything here. But there were things that I did like about the movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hate the movie. It was more, it was like a general bubbling frustration mm-hmm. that like, I just didn't have anything to grab onto. Okay. And maybe, and maybe that's, you know, I've heard people say that there's actually, didn't Gabe say it in the office? He said, uh, everyone was like, it narratively doesn't even make sense. And he was like, maybe even, maybe the director knew that even a narrative was comforting. <laughs> And so, like, I'm thinking maybe that's what this is. Like, they didn't want us to know what was happening, and maybe that would be more stressful. Yeah, well, and it, it kind of, to, to me, it felt stressful and uncomfortable. Kind of like um, Hereditary, like that movie. I was uncomfortable throughout the whole thing. Yeah, so was I. And I liked Hereditary. Yeah. And because they gave us stuff to grab onto, we knew what the narrative was about. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you understand more. And, like, there, there are twists and turns you can take. But we, we, there was something to, to care about and to know while we were watching it for the first time. Ugh, and more creepy wallpaper scene happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's about to happen is Sue Me is about to, um, well, first the stepmom is about to abuse Sue Yun um, and lock her in the wardrobe um, because the girls have killed her, her birds. Oh, yeah. And so why was Sue Me killing birds? Because they belonged to the stepmom and she didn't. She was mad at that. But she wasn't consciously doing it as Sue Me, was she? Uh, well, she wasn't anyone else. So we don't know what her mindset was when she was doing it. Hmm. The father finds the birdcage. Um, the, the scene was hard for me, as you know, because I don't like animal death. Yeah. Um, it's going to very slowly lift it. And we see the stepmom kind of looking on from some weird window. I Like, I don't know where she is, like, standing, like, but she's observing mm. the finding of the dead bird. Oh, that's interesting, actually. I, I remember thinking that a couple times throughout the movie. Like, sometimes it would cut between characters and I wasn't sure where they were spatially connected to each other. Yeah. So in this scene, like, she's kind of looking through some plants. <laughs> so now she's going to go take out her aggression on the youngest daughter because 
Sumi would fight her back, so I think that there is a tactical element of abusing the youngest daughter because she's more passive. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, I mean, you can kind of see it on Yun's face when she removes her blanket that she looks as equally freaked out at seeing the birds. She's like, whoa, what the bird's doing here? So, okay. I'm, I'll, I'll leave, I've got a, uh, a timestamp at 113 and 120. Okay. Uh, I... Those match up a little bit with. Okay. So the one at 120 kind of goes along with what you were just saying that she's trying to pick on the weakest member of the family. Mm-hmm. But I noted 120 as kind of the first time something happened to a character and I was emotionally invested in it. Okay. Because everything else, like they're having conflict, but I, I don't really know what to make of any of it. But this time, even if she's not real. Mm-hmm there has been an established relationship between them and an established abusive relationship. And so for this to kind of, I think this was the, the scene where she was put into a bag. <laughs> I made kind of a note there that I'm realized I'm like, it's kind of uh, out of character comment for me, but it was just like, you can never find scissors when you need them. Because <laughs> the sister's freaking out trying to open the bag and she's yeah. looking in the drawer and there's no scissors. I'm like, yeah, every time I look for scissors, they're not where I left them. I like that that was your instinct right there. <laughs> it may be because, the, so right now, um, the stepmom is yelling at um, the the younger younger sister to get off the bed. Um, and her knee crunches upon something under the sheets. As she lifts it, we see the dead bird. So this is Su Yun's bed. And so presumably under the personality of Sue Mi, she would have killed the bird. Mm-hmm. But you could see that Sue Yun here had Doesn't no idea that it. the bird was there. And so she's equally as freaked out now. But I feel like when we see Sue Mi, when she is Sue Mi, she wouldn't have done something like that. That, that seems out of character for her. It, it seems like something the stepmother would have done. Right. Or maybe not even that. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a fourth personality in there. The ghost. Oh, you think maybe it wasn't Sumi at all? It was it was the ghost doing that? And maybe the, the ghost or the spirit or the energy of the house is its own personality. Possibly. That makes more sense to me than Sumi doing it. So um, Su Yun is being dragged into the wardrobe that we know now is where the mother died. Uh, we don't know that as the viewer, but Zach and I know it because we watched the movie. Yes. And you should have to. You person. <laughs> Which, just how horrible. If you yeah. knew that that is where someone's mother had committed suicide and you lock them in there as punishment, you mm-hmm. deserve whatever happens to you. Right. So this is where we're establishing, really, the abusive relationship. This is where we see kind of it full-fledged versus just Sumi's allegations. Right. So even though neither of these people are real. And oh, <laughs> this is a good place where they're playing the waltz. Hmm. Wonder why. What does the waltz music mean? It's a r- rather pretentious, artsy question. But what do you think the waltz music represents? So, to me, it kind of denotes the fact that we're describing a fairy tale. Still, like it's really trying to circle back to that fairy tale imagery. At ah. least for me, that's what it kind of that kind of whimsical fairy tale. Now, it seems very out of place for what's happening. Well, I was gonna th- say. 
That's an interesting theory. And I'm wondering if we kind of pay attention every time maybe the three of them or at least two of these characters are together, we hear some piece of that music. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's indicating that... Because a waltz usually is a waltz of three. Oh, interesting. So yeah, maybe this is like the uh, delusion music. Mm-hmm. Sumi deluded music. I'll ask you once more. Are you admitting that you're sorry? This is the stepmother talking to Suyun. Stop crying. I don't want to hear it, so stop it now. Are you mad at me? Is that why you're crying? Fine. Let's see how long you can hold up. So, I would like to know... Well, I guess maybe none of that actually happened at all. I'm wondering, so physically, the reality of that situation is Sumi must be just standing outside of the wardrobe and imagining both of those characters in front of her. Well, it looked like she she was asleep in her bed, but she was slightly dangled out of her sheet, so... Some of it could have been dream state. Some of it could have been awake. Her personality was asleep. Or maybe that's, I don't know. But so if, if we, so, um, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be really interested in seeing what physically was going on there. So was she just dreaming? Like none of that happened. Yeah, the, the only time we get to see what Sumi is doing when she's inactive is towards the end. And we kind of come to the understanding of her full crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if it's um, paranoid schizophrenia or or what. So now we're walking down the hallway. This hallway is super cool. This wide, awesome wood floors. Sumi understands now that her sister was locked in the super high, Super high ceiling. I'm just geeking out over this hallway. (laughs) See, to me, that hallway would be creepy to walk down, man. Well, I would would light it. I would would light it a bit better. A bit better, any. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would just turn some lights on. That's that's what I would do. I'm sorry, Sinyan. I'm sorry. Sumi is taking her out of the wardrobe. This will never happen again, she says. Never. Uh, So my next one is uh, 113. I don't know. What's your, what's your next one? One twelve twenty is probably the same one where we find out the truth about Suyong. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So at this point in the movie, I was wondering if the father's hair was dyed, or if that's a natural kind of graying. <laughs> what do you think? It looks a little too perfect gray. Yeah. The father's pleading with Sumi to to stop it. You know that Suyun is scared of her. Suyun, tell dad. The dad looks to where Suyun. Stop crying and tell him now. Tell him. Please stop. Suyun is dead. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 I like how the, the screen gets shaky here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I like that. That was a good effect. Suyun is dead. <laughs> So pull yourself together. She's really pretty, Sumi is. I think. Uh, yeah. How long will you keep this up? 
What a question. How yeah. long are you going to be crazy? Stop it. <laughs> it's not true, Sam. Seeing the ghost is crying, uh, screaming. Yeah, you're right. It's the same scream every time. It's the kind of breathing and then that. Whenever Suyun, Sumi, or Yujun, what was the stepmother's name? Stepmother? I, I just stepmother. It's uh, Suyun and Sumi are easy to remember the name of because it's... So very similar. Yeah. Mihi is the uh, visiting lady. But I don't remember the stepmother's name. I know that's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, this confirmed my theory that the the two were at least the same. And I was like, this is pretty good evidence. I think that the third one, the third woman is also the same. And now a message from a bleeding burlap sack. Yes. So So what did you think was in that? I'll tell you this. And I, I was, I was so impatient at this point in the movie. I actually put it on a one and a half time speed <laughs> <laughs> for the dragging down the hallway. Oh, <laughs> this is not, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time that this is probably going to get under a half rating. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, that that was my emotional state at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Severe, acute impatience. Why is she making me watch this? God. Uh, but this leads to the moment where I think the first real, the, the first thing that I connected with emotionally. Mm-hmm. So let's let's see it play out. What did I think was in the bag? Um, I don't know. I mean, I saw the blood, so I was like, oh, come on, man. Um, at Get least on with it. There's a, there's a body in it, or she thinks there's a body in it. But I, I looked at the bag, and I was like, if there is a body in it, then it's the prop person's fault for that not looking like there's a body in there. <laughs> because it just was one big lump. It didn't look like there's elbows and stuff in there. It didn't look like a body. Some people are just lumpy. It might be, but nobody in this movie is lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everyone's very trim. Yeah. It looked like laundry. Some bloody laundry. And not the British version of bloody. Bloody. Well, <laughs> frustrated at the laundry. Could be bloody. Bloody laundry. I mean, that's how I feel about it whenever I have to do laundry. Bloody laundry. <laughs> bloody laundry. Smacking it. So I was like, that mom is dragging the bloodied bag through the house and is now um, smacking it. See, uh, with the looks like a poker. Yeah, or a golf club or something. I don't know. Um, So I was thinking, all right, so we're meant to believe that Su Yun is in that bag, I think. Mm -hmm. And stepmom is beating her. So I I was like, that that gives me a visceral response. I thought that was slightly disturbing. At this point, Sumi is at her least um, reliable, narrationally speaking, because we know that at least Suyun is not really here, but she's getting fragments, it feels like, fragments of true past. Right. And, uh, oh, so you think this is a fragment of the true past? Well, they they just had like a flashback a little bit before she woke up. Suyun! Hmm. The green dress and the wardrobe falling and the hand smacking down. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, the uh, I'm wondering though how much Sue Me was able to take in what her dad said. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean, she's at been this told point, she's still shouting for her sister, so it didn't take. 
it, 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 I wish we had gotten a little bit more of a response, an intellectual response from Sumi. So emotionally and within her own delusions, she, it can still feel real for her, but it would have been nice for her to at least acknowledge intellectually, uh, whether or not she believed what he said. Mm-hmm. She's now running through the house, panicked, looking for her sister, and she sees the blood on the floor. Now she's. She also thought she heard her sister call to her. Now she's backing up slowly. Panning down slowly. She follows the blood path with her eyes and sees the sack on the floor in with, front of her. Or with what adverb? Slowly. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> sorry. Ever so slowly. And time goes by. So why would you walk barefoot into the blood pile? Like, slowly. Slowly. I don't know. That's an interesting question. <laughs> As she approaches the burlap sack slowly, slowly, <laughs> um, she is somewhat fearing the worst. All right. She has finally made her way <laughs> to where the bag is. That dead air you felt was what Zach was feeling. <laughs> I might actually leave that dead air in just <laughs> to prove my point. She still is making her way to the bag, though. She saw it. She saw it. She's moving slowly. And now she's slowly kneeling and reaching out towards it. Oh, so slowly. At this point, I was honestly expecting the bag to move. And yeah, so was I. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't later. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so defensive. It moves later. <laughs> and it has the same adequate scare. So she's saying her sister's name as she's reaching her hands out towards the bag. Yep. She's having a really good freak out. She's having a little caress of the bag. Now she's trying to open it. Allison is freaking out, having PTSD about not being able to find scissors. It's just, you never can find them when you're... See, the other thing that frustrated about this, you could see where she could have pulled the bag through the loopy and gotten some gift. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, that's rational Allison sitting here not worried that my sister's in a burlap Exactly. Bag. You might have some trouble opening a bag if your sister, or you thought your sister was in it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like my sister. I don't want her to be in burlap. Yeah. So I thought that this, uh, her freak out here, well, I'm, I'm, you know, making fun of it while it's happening, but this was actually the first point that I felt an emotional response to it. And I felt terrible for her emotional state. I mean, she thinks that her sister just got murdered into a bag yeah. by her stepmother. And we, we, all the stakes have been set up. The, the uh, relationships have been set up by this point. I can actually feel something. Mm -hmm. definitive about an event that's happened in the movie and I was I was bought into it 
All right, so now we're seeing flashes of her taking pills uh, earlier in the movie when you thought that it was the stepmother. It was actually Sumi. She's shaking her head around, getting the uh, the Asian girl hair in the face trope going on. The blood splatters kind of are there and not there. They kind of are waving in and out of reality. And then it diverges, it looks like. Mm-hmm. What was up with that? The blood, the, the blood smear diverged into two different directions. Well, it's where the pile or the bag was and now isn't. Oh, so it was dragged uh, into a room and then back out into a different room. Where the wardrobe is now for some reason in the dad's study area. And now the bloody bag is right. in the, the closet that was in Su Yun's room. But Su Yun's room was nailed shut. Can we also talk about how I don't think that stepmother would have been able to carry the dead weight of Soon Yun? Yeah, she is a very slight woman. Mm-hmm. So the bag flinched. Sumi jumped. Mother is wiping blood off her hands. Stepmother. Stepmother, excuse me. It's very offensive. To, to who? The stepdaughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one that's real? Yeah. Okay, so Sumi is opening the bag. There was a point in this movie where I was just really hoping that the father wasn't real either. (laughs) (laughs) Just nothing was real. So stepmother comes in with a hot kettle. I'm sick and tired of your family. I will steam them. Y'all make me sick. Y'all make me sick. Look, you've ruined my teapot. I'm going to stab you with some... Ooh. Stabbed her in the hand with the scissors. Now, I, I was like, why would you drop the scissors? I know. I guess, you know, you're freaked out. You've never attacked somebody before. Yeah. And then later we do see Sumi's hand is cut up where she struck the mother. Right. And then I noticed there, uh, you, her hand is not injured in the last scene when she's in the mental institute again. We don't know how much time has passed. Whew, I don't know. I feel like that I, would leave a scar. I thought it was wrapped up. Her hand was wrapped up. Uh, we'll have to view. I, I remember thinking that I I noticed that it hadn't been injured. So now Sumi is being dragged by stepmom down the hallway. So I'd like to know what's really happening here. Is she like b- dragging herself on her elbows right now in re- reality? Or <laughs> is she just imagining it and just kind of walking down the hall? Yeah. This is why I wish that that hadn't been written out of the script, having the cameras all around the house. I wanted to see that. Madness. I wanted to see what's really happening. So in this scene, uh, the stepmom, the, oh, the floor is magical clean. Um, the stepmom is now dragging this ceramic garden plaster thing. There has to be easier ways to kill someone. Yeah, this is a very odd one. <laughs> I was wondering, like, is this statue famous? Is this symbolic of something again? Or is this just random? Like, to, me, yeah. to me, it was just like a random murder weapon decision. I was like, you could have killed her so many easier ways. Yeah, that something was that was more easily at hand. My question is, is if she had succeeded in killing Sumi, um, would the Sumi personality go away? And would it just then be the stepmom? Yeah. And how weird would that be for dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing. So how many days are supposed to have been passed in this one? Just a couple of days. I wonder why Sumi never tried to get into bed with her dad. She did. There's a scene where the stepmom 
is wiping off makeup and gets into bed. The dad's in bed with her, and you see him kind of pull away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that now. Interesting. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So something that I don't know if I dislike about this movie, like I don't know if I hold it against it or if it's just something that I wouldn't have done, was that everything is explainable or explicable uh, by recourse to Sumi's delusions, including her mother's ghost. Might have just been a dream. There's, I don't think any evidence that it is or isn't real, so we, it could go either way. But there is evidence that Su Yun's ghost is real because the other person saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, that and um, at the very end, um, mother and... Well, we don't know whose ghost it is that's attacking in the end, but we do know that the ghost is real in the end. Okay, so that may have been the mother's ghost or it may have been Su Yun's. Mm-hmm. Or a combination I don't know. So it seemed like it would have been interesting if this whole movie was nothing supernatural was happening. Mm. So like it was all the mind. It was all in the mind. And that I feel like that would be a cleaner story. But I don't know. Maybe the, maybe I'm being too hard on it. And that's just what I would have done. Well, I will say that um, you could still think that um, uh, up until the very, very end um, that it, there was no actual ghost. It, It is not unheard of for people going through epileptic seizures to hallucinate. So seeing the dead girl could have just been a coincidence. That's true. And so that's kind of what I was thinking. Like everything is explainable by that, except for one thing. Mm -hmm. And that just seems odd to have thrown in that one thing. The next thing I have was uh, one thirty. I think that's probably when the mother. So we see that the hand injury is Sumi and not the stepmom. So stepmom is sitting in the study. Yeah. So for this one, this is the kind of the big reveal when we are uh, told as an audience that uh, the stepmother has also been a delusion of Sumi. And we see the real real stepmom come in. Yeah. So it looks like the stepmom is sitting on the couch. And then there's a very, 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 very slow reveal of the person in the pantsuit walking in is actually the stepmother, the real stepmother. And when the camera goes around the stepmother sitting on the couch right here, you can see there is actually, they're blending two shots. So on one side, you're going to see there's an inconsistency of movement. Let's see. Right here. You could see it better on the on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was it's a good transition, but you could tell that one side of her head, the background, was moving in a slightly different way than the background on the other side of her head because they were blending two shots, which is a clever thing to do. It just wasn't perfect. And now uh, Sumi has come back to the forefront, and we're seeing what just happened in the few minutes. Um, she's beating a bag of dolls and she's kind of understanding her own delusions. Right. We're just having a hard time adjusting. You must still be sick. So actually, 
I'm going to, so the, the, the feeling I have about not having anything to hold on to until the very end, I think a better version of that style is saw the saw movies. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand the full impact of everything until the end of the movie. And then you get the big satisfying reveal and everything is explicable. Like all the mysteries are solved. But during the movie, you've got something to hold on to. You've got real relationships between people and them trying to figure things out. You know that you don't know something. But that's another example of a movie that gives you thing after thing after thing after thing. It, like, yeah, and I'm, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying those movies are masterpieces, but that is something where you a big thing is revealed at the end and the true truth of the reality of the situation is unveiled. Or Psycho, the original Psycho. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't know that there's something that's being dangled in front of you that you just can't get at yet. There are that other nine. <laughs> yeah. There are other things that you can latch onto and, and personalities and, and a story that's unfolding that you can follow. And then they pull the rug out from underneath you, mm -hmm. which is good. I think this one just never gave you a rug. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the analogy or the metaphor that I would give okay. this movie just never gave you a rug. You just wandered into a room and there's just discordant lights and stuff that you're looking at. And like, I don't, I don't know what to make of any of this. And then at the very end, it kind of shifts all the lights into a real picture. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that made sense all along. But I, I don't but, know. But why didn't you well, say anything earlier? Yeah, I know. Like, I, I couldn't have enjoyed this earlier because I didn't know any of this. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. So now we're hearing all the memories and seeing her kind of weird behavior. Like, did wiping off the lipstick before getting into bed and being the only one that come out of the car when they first arrive at the house and Yeah, the, the lack of reinforcement and emotional reinforcement and just any kind of reinforcement from the father in He's this movie. He's so absent. I know. That was... The only time he emotes is when he looks giddy helping his mistress get out of the car and the... the I don't know what to call that. The, with the end, which is really the beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, is, is he a bad father or is this... Yes. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like he was. Because what kind of a person brings their mistress home with them like that? An, hon the an honest man. <laughs> you got to give it to him. He wasn't hiding it. Yeah. Sure. Hey, you know. Yeah, he wasn't hiding it. I'll give him props for that, honestly. he I, I hate him for other reasons because he was a terrible father, seemingly. But as far as, you know... You know, he he was not uh, dishonest about where his heart was. <laughs> Frankly, why though? <laughs> She's not that great. Well, we don't see any of really of the real her. I mean, the the her that's here, like I feel like it's a little bit antagonistic. You kind of see. All right, so we're in we're in the mental institute again. Okay. And so, um, she says, "Sumi, are you okay?" So Sumi is sitting on the hospital bed. Kind of catatonic. Yeah, she's in her gown. And uh, the stepmother is saying, it's all over now. She's rubbing her hair. See, I think she was seeing, seeming... If you somewhat... look at her face, there's not a genuine care from her face. 
Uh, they're about to pan into a different... So, like, tap, tap. I don't know. I think that's... I don't think she's genuine. I think that's just how her face looks. She's just got a an aggressive face. That is so... Take care of yourself. Okay. Goodbye. And then she grabs her hand. Okay, so let's see if we can pause on the hands here. I think it's the other yeah. side. Well, she grabs from the other side and is resting the, her right hand on her leg, so we should be able to see both. Please stop it and let it go. See, there's a contempt there. Well, she just had her hand grabbed for no good reason. I think she's well, just kind of freaked out. Well, but she's just freaked out about it, I think. I don't know. I, I, I see kind of an aggression with her. Sumi is still just kind of catatonic and yeah. Being ahead. But you may be right. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the scenes that I wasn't uh, paying as much attention to as I should have at the end with uh, the stepmom. Did this, so the stepmom knew about the mother dying or the, the daughter. Yeah. Um, so let, let's watch that that scene here in a second because I think that'll answer some of your questions but alright you um, go ahead and scan scan to that scene then so the Unless scene that I'm skipping I'm trying to remember oh yeah so we, we get to see that scene before the uh, traditional horror at the end so the girls are sitting on their swing set and car pulls up and we see the mistress come, and the dad is just giddy and helping yeah. take things. The mom's upstairs. He's living his best life. He looks on at the daughters, like... You're going to learn to love her. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, the mom's upstairs, feeling hurt, and Suyeon looks sad. And then we cut inside to a depressing table. Uh, back to the future where the um, stepmom comes in and th this is present, not the past that we were just at. And she's looking back, I, th I think maybe reflecting. She looks sad. By the way, I just finished Back to the Future 3. Never seen it before. So Sumi uh, is leaving time. a table where everyone's having lunch. Um, just upset and then the stepmom takes the the utensils away from Suyun so she can't eat her meal because Sumi disrespected her. Suyun is crying and heading upstairs. True mom comes. You can tell she's sad and somewhat frail. I don't know if the mom was sick. It kind of felt to me like maybe the mom was sick and dying. Well, I mean, I guess a sickness. I mean, she maybe she maybe she just had depression, it's and possible. so like a mental disorder like that would be genetic in some way, perhaps. And so that's how Sue me. Mother's crying and looking on. Um, Sumi in the mental hospital present day. Here's the whistle of her sister. And she smiles a little bit. But the stepmother hears it also. So, 
the lore of this movie is confirming that ghosts can be in multiple places and whistle at the same time. Yes. So it says the movie, so say I. <laughs> so like like most horror movies, I'm like, why would you investigate it? So you know slowly. <laughs> Well, not not even so slowly. Why would you go at all? Oh yeah, I t- and I think I said that when I was watching the movie last night. I was like, look, if, if, if either you think that there is a monster over there, like you're seeing things that could only be explained supernaturally. So either you're deluded, or you're seeing some supernatural stuff for which you should. I thought it was clever though. She's walking on the floorboards, and they sink in a little bit, and blood kind of comes to. The yeah, side. and that was another thing. I was I was up to this point. I was like, all right, so things can be explained psychologically. And then there's some blood coming up from someone who we do not think is delusional. Mm-hmm. So this is some sort of supernatural stuff. Yeah. This is the only time where it's conventional horror. And so I'm like, just, yeah. Why just, why go toward the crazy stuff? Oh, that's the hand I was talking about. And then you see a little bit of rustling behind the blanket. Yeah. And she's breathing and um, the room is so cold that her breath um, has a fog to it so i think it is a hand and i think the reason she keeps seeing a hand is maybe the hand of the hand that was slapping around yeah 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 see that's nice that's a good touch Mm -hmm. not a bad touch well it would be if it came out looking for you yeah absolutely (laughs) but i would never do what the stepmom did no 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 i don't care how disrespected i am i'm not gonna let someone so what are we looking at here empty picture frames Door closing. Why? What's with the empty picture frames? Maybe they took the family pictures out after they passed. Maybe the ghost did it. <gasps> Ghosts wipe away pictures. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> did something like that happen in like, was it Star of Echoes or something like that? I in what? Remember. Star of Echoes. What's this? Kevin Bacon. I like Kevin Bacon. Who doesn't? Some people probably. I think he has a better following than, say, Nicolas Cage. Well, at this point, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nicolas Cage fell away from Hollywood and has never really made a proper recovery. (laughs) We watched uh, National Treasure for the first time the other day, and I just was not buying what it was selling. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen those since they came out. I had never seen any of them, and (laughs) I caught part of it. And Mark's like, what do you want? It's Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she's tugging. She went to the wardrobe and she's tugging at a piece of hair that she saw. I thought it was cool how they did this scene. Yeah. I I didn't know that that was hair until the thing started coming out. Well, I I was just thought like how it seemed to kind of naturally fall forward. What's the semen? I think it's ectoplasm. Oh, okay. Why why wasn't there semen? Why wasn't there semen at the other sightings? (laughs) Well, there wasn't any at the other ghost sightings. The other ones were mental, not actual ghost no because the the we know that the the well, su yun one in the kitchen where the other girl saw her was real well yeah we she was covered in goo was she yeah bl- blood or goo like it's kind yeah, of it a dark like blood. brown we, yeah we can't really tell it looked like blood that one looked like semen <laughs> i don't know i don't think it comes in that kind of quantities unless like you're empty this is vats super, at a <laughs> supernatural stuff so uh the mother uh, stepmother is just attacked in Su Yun's room in present day. 
And now we're getting the full flashback of what happens. Um, so after Suyun is comforted by her mom on her bed, she wakes up from a nap. Her mother is no longer there. The wardrobe door opens slightly. Although I have to say, her mom's kind of a piece of shit too. For doing that too. Yeah, in the room. Like your daughter's napping right there. I'll just hang myself in the wardrobe right there and close the door so she can discover me. In a really traumatic way. It's convenient. I don't care. <laughs> Throw yourself out of a window so someone else can find you. Jeez. She just discovered the corpse of her mother. You see pills um, in the wardrobe and her mother's hung dead corpse. Yeah. And now the wardrobe falls on top of Suyun. Everyone hears it. I mean, what a way to kill yourself. Yeah. That's crazy. And what a way to be killed like poor Suyun. that that even if they got to her in time she would have been scarred for life absolutely yeah so you know what i'm actually going to change my uh my thorn award okay <laughs> to, the step, to the mom yes <laughs> so stepmom is coming up the stairs to investigate the noise she heard She walks into Siyun's room and she sees her struggling to breathe and her hands coming out. She drops the picture of Siyun in the green dress. So what's with the scratching? So she's taking her hands and she's trying to make herself known. Um, uh, I think she could have done more. <laughs> Honestly, like she's just like scratching at the edge. So stepmom's walking away like she's just going to let this happen. And then she softens for a second. What am I thinking? She turns around. And then Sumi comes out of her room. You want to play Sumi here? Yeah, so the, the bit that I missed was her knowing about that and uh, going back. Didn't you hear something? Why would you come up here? That's not here. What do you mean? Now you're acting like mum. Do me a flavor. Stay out of our lives. She doesn't get out of the way when she tries to walk. Can you get out of the way? I have to go. She uh, gives her a stiff shoulder. You might regret this moment. Keep that in mind. It's a gangster thing to say. What can be worse than standing here with you? When you're here, I want to be as far away from you as I can. Do you get it now? Oops. I don't know. Slap the side of the wardrobe. Make a big wood noise. The dad calls after her. Sumi? As Sumi exits the house. I love the walls so much. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. I hadn't really marked it. But it's playing... Not when she's delusional, so I don't think that can be really the delusional song or theme. Mm. I guess it's just 
It's just so whimsical and haunted fairy tale. Mm. She stops after leaving the house. So I, how can you tell that she's being suffocated? Because I never really got that. So you can kind of see her mom's hair and body kind of draped over her a little bit. Hmm. I mean, her nose is exposed. Well, I mean, the weight alone crushing the your lungs would prohibit you from... Hmm. We don't know how much damage has been done to her. Right. But um, Sumi looks back at her house. I think that could have, that moment could have been sold better. Like she could cough up blood or like blood could come out of her nose indicating that she had been crushed or something. Mm -hmm. That could have made more sense. Because when I watched that, I didn't know that she'd been suffocated. I didn't know that's like until her eyes closed. I didn't know she was dying. I thought she was just under there and was refusing to call out for help. Mm -hmm. The stepmom was on the balcony looking on at Simi walking away from the house and closes the door. And we're left with the final words of, well, what is worse than standing here with you in this moment? Right. Being suffocated by the corpse of your mother? High on that list. Yeah. And then here's the uh, the anime title sequence. Mm. End, end credit sequence. We're seeing... Sumi sitting on the pier. The only color is in the red of her sweater. Yep. Then you get the credits on the right. And there you have it. And there you have it. A tale of two sisters. Indubitably. So, uh, was it as good as you remember? So, I will say that in this instance, this is the first time I've lowered my score. I think you lowered it for... Jaws oh, or Breakfast Club, maybe. But uh, th well, this maybe. is the first time where um, was it as good as I remember? I said yes and no. I really liked it still, but it was slower than I remember. Yeah, it's super slow. <laughs> um, so, but so, but narratively, you didn't have a, a problem like I did with not having because I mean, you have already seen it. So going back and rewatching, you already know the stuff. So you have, you can appreciate all the little details and touches of people's performances and the scenes and whatever. So I, I guess you couldn't really adjust your perspective on that. Yeah. The, the, the sixth sensian kind of surprise, you can only get that surprise once. Right. But even sixth sense, like you, there was a different narrative that you were believing until you realized that he was dead. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, there wasn't a narrative that I could hold on to. Okay. Like, do you, I mean, do you, can you see that or do you, well, you also you felt like you figured it out, I think earlier than other viewers, maybe. Um, I mean, it was non-confirmed, yeah. but because you believed what you believed, it was harder to buy into the rest. Well, but the, the th I don't know, because I wasn't like I had predicted that. And that was the thing that I thought was maybe most likely. But it wasn't that I was just disregarding the the things that they were trying to convince us of in the moment. So I was still along for the ride. And that's, that's I think, if I had had it confirmed beforehand that nobody was real and these were all delusions, I think I would have enjoyed it more because I would have known that. But when I didn't know that, everything was frustrating because I didn't know what to make of it. Okay. And... In the sixth sense, you know what to make of it. Even when you're wrong about what you're making of it, you you are at least confident mm -hmm. as a viewer. You're like, okay, so this is you can follow along the narrative until the the rug is torn out, and then it's all something different. 
But this one, I, there was no shape to the movie for me. There was nothing to hold on to. Um, I don't know. But so, I mean, you you didn't, you don't remember having that experience when you first saw it. No. Um, I I remember being freaked out. Mm -hmm. Um, I was younger when I saw it. I was, um, in college, um, and I haven't had, or I hadn't had the exposure to horror movies that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so little nuances of it were scarier to me. And there were also tropes that I were not familiar with. And so sure. my eyes were constantly searching. And so there may have been some self-induced panic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying everybody has to, to see it the way I do. I mean, that, that's just, they must, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I was seeing it. So do you think it contributed anything to cinema? Um, I say yes in the way that it was groundbreaking. Um, it was at that time, as stated earlier, it was the first movie to get a U.S. cinematic release from a Korean film like this. So I don't know if I would if I would say that was cinematically groundbreaking, though. Oh well, visually, um, I think it. Visually, I thought it was a beautiful movie. Um, I thought there was a lot that your eyes could drink in from the wallpaper to the the depth of the house, the coloration. Um, so I think in that way, there was something being contributed. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. I think, like I said, I think the, the directing was actually good. Uh, that the pacing was awful. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the directing was pretty good. I mean, the the shots were pretty, and I, I agree that the the house was presented in this very mysterious and and ominous and dark fairy tale. There was just a scale yeah. to everything that that felt oppressive, mm-hmm. and yeah, the wallpapers and everything did make it feel like a fairy tale. So I, I thought it was visually interesting. I don't know if it was groundbreaking. I mean, it was two thousand three, so it'd be hard to claim that it did things visually or narratively that other horror movies hadn't done. Mm-hmm. But I think there was something unique in the presentation and the quality. Like it just, um, so it's, I, I think this is one where we may not see eye to eye on. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I just thought it was a really beautiful dark fairy tale and that's very much my niche. Yeah. Fairy tales are my thing. And wh- when did you see it for the first time? I want to say it was in maybe 2006. I remember. So um, where I went to school in the basement of the dorms, um, there was usually a classroom um, and you could go in there and use the projector to watch a movie. So we did that on occasion. Oh, okay. So we watched it kind of in this dark, creepy basement. And yeah. I was with my um, friend Chip at the time um, and uh, my friend Chris, who unfortunately is not with us anymore, um, Chris Gardner, and um, a girl named Katie Drummond. And we watched that all together. And so this was one of the first horror movies you'd seen or you just hadn't seen a lot? I just hadn't seen a lot. I, I would say that my catalog of horror films has expanded quite a bit since then right so at the time would this have been one of your favorite horror movies oh yeah it's i sought it out to specifically buy it on dvd um i thought it was really beautifully done Uh, and again it tapped into that fairy tale kind of whimsy yeah that i adore yeah yeah i I like that a lot about this movie so there were elements that i really enjoyed Mm mm-hmm And that's all I'll say on that. (laughs) 
So do you, th- I mean, I, there are other, the standard questions we have. Do you think this could be made in the modern climate and language and stuff that we would f- maybe find objectionable? I don't know that. So I don't know enough about Korean culture to know if there was anything bad about the language used. Yeah. So I suppose, could this movie be remade in America now? It has. Uh, well, the, but now. Yeah, today. Yeah, uh, I think it could. I think it would do better if it was made into a period piece, like maybe set in um, Victorian time or 1920s or something. Uh, I, you think it should be a little bit more alien, a little bit more folklore Yeah, just because I, I think we know more about mental illness mm. that I think maybe we would pick up on that or her family would have picked up on it sooner. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, it, it would be hard to swallow that a modern American family would be able to ignore all of these signs. Yeah. So readily. And the other thing is the the mistress coming to live with them, they would have to play that a different way. An au pair? So how they did it in The Uninvited is um, it was alluded that she was a nurse or something taking care. God, the cat just scared the shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus, I, mean, I just saw something like moving out of the corner of my eye. And she was on top of a countertop. But <laughs> sorry. It's just the living room right now is kind of shadowy. We're filming later. Sure, sure. <laughs> just <laughs> so... Um, and the uninvited, I think they were saying that Elizabeth Banks, who is playing the stepmom character, I believe she was, I love Elizabeth Banks. I think she was there to take care of the mom who was sick. And maybe that's why I put that projection of the mom this time around is maybe the mom was sick and that's why she was there. Or the fact that the pictures that the girls are looking at, you see um, the stepmom and the dad in lab coats and like maybe they're a doctor and nurse or a doctor and a doctor working mm-hmm. together. Yes. Well, that certainly seemed likely. Plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I wish I knew more about the Korean language to say if there was anything derogatory or bad used as far as that. Um, so I don't think there was really anything problematic except for the fact that I just really hated the dad. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if, yeah. if this movie, if that movie were remade exactly as it is in there. I don't there, think any of the dads would say, oh, you look tired. Clean it up. Tomorrow. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. That, I mean, there, that's a bit of misogyny that I missed the first time. And I, I don't think because a I'm not, a, <laughs> not because I'm not attuned to it. I think I was just paying attention to the line beforehand, which seems silly. <laughs> oh, it wasn't just the, the, the very deadpan. Oh, oh, well, that, that part of the, at the dinner party? Yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. Um, but uh, so who would you give your rose to? Well, your rose award. The rose award would have to go to Sumi because she's the only person really there for most of the movie. Disagree. Okay, go on. I say that it should go to Su Yun's ghost. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, she's the only one that you can kind of feel empathy for. Well, because she kills the 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 stepmom stepmom at the end. Well, we don't know that. We just well, with hear the whistling. Her screaming. With the whistling, I think she that, wasn't whistled to death. No, but that was her war cry. Her battle cry was the whistle, <laughs> and then she killed her, or did something to her. Yes. So I think that the whistling is evidence that it was Su Yun that killed her at the end. And so, therefore, I think we have no evidence of the mother's ghost being real. I think that was a dream. So oh. I think the I think the only ghost that was real was Suyun. And she would have the right to be the tormented spirit. Yeah. Um. So, by that nature, I mean, my thorn was going to the dad. 
because none of this would have happened if it wasn't for the dad. My thorn was originally going to go to the dad. Mm-hmm. But now it's to the mom. But if you think about it, the mom caused all of this. No, she wouldn't have done that if the stepmom hadn't been brought to live there because the the dad couldn't keep it in his trousers. Oh, no, no, no. I, I blame the father for... Oh, I for, will blame the father. <laughs> blame the father all day long for not being a great husband. He's but not he, a great husband or but, a great father. <laughs> but he was honest about his uh, desires. His infidelity? Yes. And... Honesty about your infidelity does not negate the infidelity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... But she could kill herself in a less traumatizing for her daughter's way. So someone she caused the <laughs> mental collapse of. But she wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for the father. She caused the physical collapse of Su Yun and the mental collapse of Su Mi. This was all her fault. But it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the father. It wouldn't have happened if she weren't born either. We can blame other people all day long. So it's the mom's mom. Yes, <laughs> and it would, but she wouldn't have Grandma. been born if it wouldn't have been for the the grandmother. So we have to go all the so way it's to the great grandmother's fault. It was Eve. It was Eve. We can blame Eve for all of this. No, we have to. The buck has to stop somewhere, and I say it's the mom. She killed herself in the most traumatizing way possible and caused the physical and mental collapse of her daughters. He's and doing like a full like Phoenix right like lawyer stance like with his hands and everything you can't see but his like shoulders are really animated. Yes, well I'm passionate about this. This was definitely the mother's fault. So I give my thorn award to the mother. <sighs> We're never going to see eye to eye to this because it's the it's the unfaithful father. Look, I'm not saying he was great, and if the no, mother he was terrible, <laughs> he was definitely terrible, and I would give it to him. He's second worst. <laughs> But the mother caused more of the hardship in this movie than the father. But she wouldn't have had it not been for the father. If people killed themselves every time they were cheated on, I wouldn't be here. Oh. And, and neither would a lot of other people. Uh, that's a really horrible <laughs> sentence. So on that note, let's get to the real. And on that bombshell. Yeah, really. <laughs> way to go, Sumi's mom. Sorry. <laughs> I hope I didn't cause a the wardrobe of this podcast to fall on you, the viewer or listener. <laughs> on that note, so genre quality, what was your rating? Genre quality? So I classified the genre quality uh, under examination as scariness, and I gave it... Spooky. <gasps> We're getting our money's worth out of that one. <laughs> um. Okay, so I gave it something, but I'm I'm I might be reconsidering. Hang on. Com- well, he's computing, it computing, over. I would say um, processing scare factor. If that's how we are basing it, I would say six out of ten for scares. The two jump scares that they had in there, very successful jump scares. But I thought that the there was more to it in the kind of supernatural, dramatic storytelling for me. So drama, um, I would say seven out of ten. Okay, um, so for scariness, I've actually just given it a bump. I had it at four, and I've now given it a five. Okay. I think it was five out of ten for scares. Uh, for directing and writing, both, I gave a four. And I think both of those people, both well, both of those categories, are to blame for why it's so, I think, poor on the first viewing. Okay. So on a second viewing, I like it a lot. I think it's really good, but that isn't enough. I think you have to judge it on the first viewing. 
And then you can say it's, it's accented or made better on a second viewing. And I think that is to the credit of a movie, but it can't be entirely worthless on the first viewing and then really good on the second viewing. I, I don't think that's appropriate. So because of that, I, I give it a really low rating of for directing and writing of a four out of 10 acting. I give it a six out of 10. And I will say I can never go back again as a first time viewer. So I will accept that because I we're going based on your experience as a virgin viewer. Yeah. Um, I've seen it before now several times. And um, I'm looking for the things that I want to fill in the gaps with. Mm -hmm. And I can never go back as that first time viewer. So I will accept what you say. And um, acting, I thought was superb. I thought, I thought the acting was really good too. I um, Maybe eight out of 10, 8.5 out of 10. Oh, come on. I mean, that's getting into Lawrence Olivier territory. <laughs> well, for you. <laughs> uh, really? What would you give Lawrence Olivier? Well, I thought um, I gave him a 9 out of 10 last time. Or... Oh, okay. So you're saying that this is a point lower? Yeah, point lower, yeah. I think oh, that... I, I don't know. I wish there was a lot bigger scale. <laughs> yeah, I know. But see, that's what I'm saying. So if Lawrence Olivier is at, is at a 9 or a 10, mm -hmm. like that's the top shelf acting. And I think good acting is like a 4 or 5. Great acting is like a 7. Okay. So I think this wasn't great acting. I think it was very good. Mm -hmm. So that's a six. And I also wonder, um, not again, speaking or knowing Korean, how much of that was yeah. overacted, correctly acted or otherwise. So yeah. there, there's a little bit of a gray area there. So absolutely. What is your overall reel? Uh, my overall was a four. Okay. Four out of 10. It's you not know, the worst thing that ever happened to me. It's not Meg. <laughs> it's not Meg. Exactly. <laughs> I would get Meg is the archetypal one out of 10. So Zach has said that Meg, nah, the shark movie with Jason Satham is the movie that taught him to hate movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this podcast is good for me because it was getting me back into a flow of watching good movies. And then we hit. A tale of two, two sisters. sisters. <laughs> so, well, I'm sorry to do that. Too. No, it wasn't. It's not Meg level. And yeah. like I said, on a second viewing, it's really good. Yeah. But I just I, I have to hold that against it. Yeah. On some level. And that's fair. That's fair. So I I, I did lower my score to a six and a half out of ten from oh, okay. my original eight and a half because of the slowness. Yeah. That I hadn't really felt the first time or some of the second times, but it's been several years since I've watched it again. And yeah. watching it again yesterday, I was like mm. Yeah, I don't remember it being this drawn out. Yeah. Well, and you know, some of that is kind of unfair, but understandable for a horror movie, because the more you see a horror movie, the more you know what's coming and the more you're not going to feel the tenseness mm -hmm. or the anxiety in a situation. So you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. <laughs> for it to happen. Come on, I got places to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So our next movie, we didn't get to talk about that. So our next movie, since we are in the horror mm -hmm. season, I think it will be dependent on when our co-host might be available. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're, we're doing uh, either Lost Boys mm -hmm. or Scream. Scream. And so if it's... Okay. So basically what we're saying is if it's Lost Boys, we want Chris. Mm -hmm. 
If it's Scream, we want Timmy? Kaya. Kaya. Oh, Kaya is doing Scream. Yes. Okay. Timmy is going to join us for when we do the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's what his was. Okay. He um, dressed like Dr. Frankenfurter one year. He did really well until he got a little off balance. (laughs) I did his makeup. (laughs) I like to take credit for some of his apparel. Yeah. I tried to give him false lashes. That was a no go. <laughs> uh, viewers, hold us to it. When we have Timmy on the podcast, we totally have to talk about uh, that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really give it a proper massage rating mm. until we know which one we are accomplishing. Uh, oh, man. This is, but we have to have something for the viewers to. To, to view next time and to care about at the end of this episode. And, and so they have a reason to listen to the next one. Well, won't they care to, to know who our, our favorite people are? So the next one is going to be our favorite person? No. Ooh. <laughs> so who's going to say yes? <laughs> no, it's more, I, I just meant, there. I think that will be our enticer because we can't give it that nostalgia rating until until we know what, what will she be nostalgic for yeah because i so okay well i can just kind of drop a a bombshell on you and say what my nostalgia is for both all three all okay oh gosh so here let's Ooh. first things first lost boys what's your nostalgia i would say seven out of ten okay seven out of ten Mm-hmm. I'm actually adjusting how generous I'm being with the scale based on the conversations we're having. Okay. So I'm going to get a little harder on my assessments. Okay. Okay. So Lost Boys, 7 out of 10. All right. Um, that's it's a fun vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Scream, also 7 out of 10. All right. And Rocky Horror Picture Show. See, this is hard because... You either love it or you don't. It's <laughs> it's the cilantro of musical horror. <laughs> I don't like cilantro. Does it taste like soap to you? Wait, hang on. Maybe I'm thinking of something different. What's the, the stringy meat? Cilantro is an herb. It's the herb that's uh, typically yeah. found in um, Southwestern food. Uh, I put in like guacamole and things. Oh, I'm fine with cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I thinking of? The stringy meat. I had a lot of it in Italy. It's like meat, and then you get strings in your teeth, and then you hate life. <laughs> uh, I would think of that usually with roasts, like pot roasts and things. Those can get like kind of... It's like thinly sliced. You could confuse it prosciutto. for ham. Prosciutto. Yes, disgusting stuff. Did you have it on melons? So real, real cut prosciutto should just kind of melt. So this was in Italy, yeah. Yeah. and we were in the middle of a volcano. At, uh, Vesuvius? No, a different volcano. <laughs> There's How the, many volcanoes can there be? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one. No, there's a volcano that my, my stepdad's family has a house in one. Inside the volcano? Are they super villains? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I think I made that joke <laughs> when we were there. Um, I believe it's technically active, but it hasn't gone off in like a thousand years or something. So That sounds real safe. <laughs> I know. It's, it's odd. Anyway, so we were back there playing some soccer in the backyard and whatever. And they had this nice spread of Football. like genuine. No, no, it's soccer. <laughs> when an American enters the room, you call it soccer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they had this nice spread of really good Italian cheeses and meats and things. The cheese is out of control good. I love some good old. Like, so, so fun fact about Zach. When he has a really good cheese, he gets all rosy-faced and sweaty. I do. He gets the cheese sweats. But I also, like, get a funk in my step. 
like I close my eyes and I start rocking back and forth. Like it gives me music in my soul. This I can't explain it. a few it. times when I've given him really good sharp um, Irish cheddar. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Just a good sharp cheddar or honestly like a block of Parmesan. Mm-hmm. This is becoming food porn, but I just <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, it makes me shut my eyes and I just. Speaking of, I need to get started and getting that grill going soon. All right. Well, we have to end this podcast at some point. Yeah. We've gone so, over three so hours again. Cheese, cheese porn. I wasn't expecting us to go this long for this movie. I wasn't either because I didn't take a lot of notes. Yeah. It was a lot of ad lib and changing of minds. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, so Rocky cheese, Horror. Cheese good. Prosciutto bad. Rocky Horror. 6.5. 6.5. But the music is a 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. So... And we'll we'll discuss that when we watch it because the music you can just enjoy as its own thing. Good, I'm looking forward to it. So, to the viewers, the mystery is going to be which of these movies we're going to do. Who's available? But for the next one, we're going to have a guest on, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's either going to be Chris, Kaya, or Timmy, whoever loves us the most. Yes, and whoever we think is the best. Yeah, they get the gold star and the candied golden pumpkin. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Rose Tinted Reels. I have been your co-host, Zachary Duncan. This has been Allison Krause. Um, and we would like to say a special thanks to Julian Crowhurst, who made our intro music, and to Mr. Zachary Duncan for making our outro music. Look, I don't need any more attention than I get already on this podcast. Well, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. I mean, whoops. <laughs> Maybe one day. Anyway, so thanks for listening. (laughs) Whoops, no, damn it. That's not the answer. (laughs) I will get better. (laughs) This is the real one. Bye, guys. Um, So I messed up again. And none of us noticed it. This music is, this isn't, this isn't the right music. I'm so sorry, people. Hang on. I'll get you the right stuff. Just give me a moment. All right. Here we go. Yeah, I was on the wrong soundboard. All right. So you still with me, people? All right. Listen to this. Nope. Nope. (laughs) This is out of control. Here we go. Yeah. Bye, guys.